welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you blind ambition. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast We're on episode number 99 It is Sunday morning, day after UFC Lincoln I'm once again joined with my co-host Antaku What's going on man? Today is a revolutionary day in the DTP, in, in the history of the DTP. 99. Well, that too, but I, I for the first time in the however many episodes I've actually done with you, I'm actually sitting at a desk. <laughs> We're moving on up. Exactly. <laughs> We're moving on up. I'm, I'm currently in a folding chair, but... Ah, that's, that's still good. It, it is an improvement from how I normally record the show, which is basically me laying down. There you go. See, we're making we're making strides over here. See, I'm hoping it helps me sound less tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Like the weather's getting better. Like it's it's warm outside, but it's not like oppressively hot. Yeah, like the the humidity's not too bad, so like you can breathe. The sun is out today. I feel good. I feel good. Yeah, I like the oppressively hot weather. It doesn't... Uh, well, I, well, I hope you're... Um, I don't know what it's going to be like down there, but here it's going to be in the 90s this week. So... It's supposed to rain next weekend? God damn it. It rains like every weekend. Yeah, we, we've been getting we've been getting pounded with that too. Like it... Our rain will come in just these random hard spurts, and then it'll stop. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of over it. No, like th- this is legit. Like every weekend since like June, it's rained here, <laughs> like and thunderstormed, and I get stuck in the house, like, and like I only get one day off a week, man, and, and I can't go outside, and everything around here is closed because Bergen County has a freaking like the blue laws. Uh, the struggle. <laughs> it, it it is a pain. The struggle, but you know, rain when I'm at work, and I don't care. Right. Uh. We'll make it though. We'll make it. But it's been a pretty pretty decent weekend, other than work. But I'm here. I feel feel pretty good today. Slight. I ain't gonna say I'm well rested. That that might be an overstatement. But um. I mean, this card only ended like eight hours ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm here. Um, so real quick, before we get started, uh, just run off the top cities uh, for listeners. So top cities uh, this week, coming in at number one, uh, Everett, Washington. Uh, coming in at number two, Berlin, Germany. Coming in at number three, uh, Amsterdam, Netherlands. At number four, we got San Francisco, California. And coming in at number five, uh, we got Seattle, Washington. So, shout outs to the entire West Coast and whoever in Germany randomly clicked on here, and whoever in the Netherlands found your 
your, your way over here. We, we appreciate you guys. Um, Wait, so, I'm, I'm curious how many of the people who actually click over from all these other countries actually speak English. Like Germany and the Netherlands, they they probably the pro- listener probably spoke English, but like like when we get cats from like India, like Eastern Europe, like a random you... click from Israel <laughs> down here. Oh no, we do have an India. They're way at the bottom of the list, but yeah, there was, there was, there like, was one Indian click. Like Egypt, like who, who's the who's the cat who's like yeah. I, I don't know what I'm listening to. Hey, man. We, we appreciate you. You might not know what you're getting into, but just stay here. We'll, we'll, we'll try to keep you entertained, you know, for, for an hour or so. Uh, when we blow up big enough, the, the, the Dojo Talk podcast will be translated into different right. uh, languages. <laughs> we'll, we'll hire a staff of translators. There we go. It's going to be like a... It's gonna be like a like, um, uh, like a, a film podcast where like they talk over the film so they're just going to be talking over like our audio <laughs> that's not a bad idea that, I don't know any other podcasts that are translated that might be something maybe that's the way to break they, into the foreign market exactly it's exactly like it says you just, they dub over us so you hear us in the background but they're speaking <laughs> it's like watching like a Russian um uh, a Russian uh, broadcast of a boxing match. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> this is how it is when I normally watch my fights. <laughs> when I'm using my alternative methods, um, which I don't have to use anymore because I now have legit access to Fox Sports 1 and 2. So I don't have to bootleg these cards anymore. I watched this card yesterday in real time. I didn't have to worry about my computer potentially catching AIDS. It was a good <laughs> feeling. <laughs> It was a good feeling. I, I like this. I I'm, like this. I'm so used to hearing like Teddy Atlas and Max Kellerman, like <laughs> in the far, far background, while some dude in Russian is just like monotonely explaining the action. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But um, real quick, I'm gonna get this off. Well, let me get off the plug first. Um, as always, you can listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. You are iTunes. Please rate, subscribe. Leave reviews, all that good stuff. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And uh, you can hit us up on the Dojo Talk Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. All that good stuff. But I'm going to get this out the way now. Uh, we're on episode 99, which means episode 100 is right around the corner. So the next card, uh, the Woodley and Till pay per view, is two weeks from now as of the day we're recording this. So in between then, episode 100, I, w- I would like to do. But if you're a listener, I need I need your help. We're gonna need questions. I want I want episode 100 to just be a fun episode. We can come on here and just kind of you know just just Bullshit do whatever for two hours. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can bring you know Joey and Stokes on if if they're free. Um, but we just we just want questions. We want a mailbag episode. And I normally don't, I don't like tagging people in social media posts. I just, I just don't like being that guy, but I'm going to do it this week. So, um, by the time you guys are hearing this, I may even put this out today on Sunday. I don't know, just to get a head start. I I want questions for episode 100. So if you can hear this, um, you can send the questions to Twitter. You can DM me, you can tag me in a, a tweet. 
you can put them on the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. You can send them to the email, dojotalkpodcast at yahoo.com. Send any questions you got. It doesn't have to be specifically about this card we're talking about today. It can be about any combat sports related anything that happened. I mean, know, it recently. doesn't even have to be combat sports, man. It could be right. anything. 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 You want to talk about movies? This is the episode for us to just kind of run wild. So, if you want to talk about combat sports, that's fine. If you want to ask us about a movie, a TV show, well, don't ask me about a TV show because I only watch like three TV shows, so I probably haven't seen it. But, you know, whatever questions you got on your mind, and anything, send them in, and I will be tagging people in posts because I just want questions because, I, you know, think, I think it'll be a fun time for all of us. So I would really, really appreciate it if you guys could could pull through and send some questions in, man. So episode 100 will be a, a nice, fun, nice, fun episode. We can just kind of run wild and, and, and do whatever. But, um, yeah, just wanted to, to throw that out there. So if I tag you in a post, don't be alarmed. I just I just want a question and then I'll leave you alone. Uh, but so now that we got that out the way. Um, I will let you handle the news because I had a good streak of two weeks where I was writing the news down and then I fell off this week. Um, I did not write not one single note, <laughs> so I, I will let you handle fight announcements and, and all of that good stuff. All right. Um, hey, let's start off with the news real quick because I, I don't have a whole ton of it. Uh uh, aside from the fight announcements, um, so according to Scott Coker, uh, Vitaly Minakov, former Bellator heavyweight champion, world combat sample—not combat, sport sample champion, um, dude with some type of like desk job for the Russian government—is uh, back. He's they are he's tentatively signing back with Bellator. Uh, the plan is to have him fight once and then have him fight the winner of the heavyweight Grand Prix, which kind of just, uh, you, you, you're basically sacrificing whoever wins the Grand Prix, unless it's Ryan Bader, because that's the only dude I see st- uh, like having a shot. But um, Bellator signed nine European fighters, um, and one of which we all know... Uh, from his high, uh, like highlight reel uh, KO of Charlie Ward, Galore Bafondo, the man who threw Charlie Ward on his face. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like ten fighters, but um, yeah. So this, this, he was the big one that they signed, which probably isn't very um, telling for all the other ones. But they also signed. Uh, Cage Warriors and Bama veteran Carl uh, Moore, uh, Malin Hermanson, George Tokos, uh, Tacos, uh, Craig Turner, Louis Long, uh, Chris Bungard, Ashley Grimshaw. Uh, like, uh, if you watch Cage Warriors or Bama, you, you know who a lot of these people are. Uh, so it's cool to see Bellator get young talent, even though they have to leave the country to do it. Um, then one championship announces that they're going to do a Tokyo event and then they announce their full schedule for 2019. So if you're, if you follow one championship, um, check out their app, they have the schedule loaded on there. Uh, you'll know what's happening moving forward. And then last bit of news, Michael Chandler 
has re-signed with Bellator, killing my dream of a Tito Ortiz, Chuck 3, uh, Alvarez, Chandler 3, Golden Boy MMA event. <laughs> so. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that they, uh, I feel like that's a good sign for them. I feel like for the fans it might not be because I think we just kind of want to see Chandler fight <laughs> other competition at this point. Right. But I feel like for Bellator, that's a good look. Like, that's, if you've been watching Bellator since the beginning, like, Chandler's just, he's always been that guy. And I think it's a good look for them that they've just been able to keep him around for this long. And I think I, I, I think Chandler's just smart. He saw, like, like Eddie Alvarez, his UFC run's been kind of skewed because he won the title. But... He just as easily could have, like, one win in the UFC, or two wins in the UFC right now. Yeah. Like, it, like legitimately, the Gaethje fight and the RDA fight are arguably the only ones he actually won. Like, he could have easily lost the Pettis fight, could have easily lost the Melendez fight. Um, so, like, I, I think he saw that, and he's just like, you know what, I make six figures a fight here. Um, I'm always the headlining act. They take care of him. Like, if I get a title shot when I want, basically, granted he's been struggling to get one uh, rematch with Brent Primus because no one is sure if Brent Primus even exists. <laughs> but, like, it, it, there are benefits to being the big fish in the small pond. And the and Bellator just signed that deal for, like, nine figures with uh, zone, And I'm sure he's took a look at that and was like, I want a piece of that. So, yeah. I'm not mad at it. I, I am mad at it. I mean, as a fan, it kind of sucks, but for him personally, that, that was a, that was a good move. Yep. Um, and hopefully, it works out for him. The dude has some bizarre bad luck in his career. Yeah. So, but on to fight announcements. Um, the big one being the super fight between Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes, which is set for UFC 232, which I believe is going to be in late December. Uh. We also have heard word that, but it's not official as far as I I can tell, that Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega is going to be targeted for UFC 231, which I believe is going to be in Canada. Uh, Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis is in the works for UFC 229. Uh, Robbie Lawler versus Wonderboy uh, is being targeted for the first UFC uh, UFC event on ESPN in January. Um, if I'm remembering right, they were also contemplating doing DC Brock on that card. And from what I can tell, Brock has now Brock has now all from like Monday Night Raw. Like he, he the rest of his days are like I, I don't know if voided is the right word, but he, he is back full time training MMA. So, you know, keep an eye out on that. Um Neil Magny got uh, was it Neil Magny? Yeah, Neil Magny, who was originally supposed to fight Alex Oliveira at UFC Fight Night 137, uh, you know, kicked that, uh, pulled out of that fight so he could go fight Santiago Pazanibio in the headlining fight for UFC Buenos Aires. Uh, in his place, Alex Oliveira will be fighting Carl Pedersoli. Um, Cesar Ferreira versus Tom Breeze is set for UFC Buenos Aires as well. Um, a, last, a couple of fights have been added to that UFC Moscow card next month. Uh, Rustam Kabbalah versus Cajun Johnson. Uh, Ram, Ramazan 
Ami versus Cordell Silva. Those are going to be on that Moscow card. Oliver Aubin Mercier will be fighting Gilbert Burns at UFC 231. Um, Jared Gordon will fight Joaquin Silva at UFC on Fox 31. Paul Craig is going to fight a uh, newcomer and Dana White Contender Series alum Jim Crew at UFC Adelaide. Gray Maynard is going to fight Dick Lentz at UFC 229. Luis Pena, a.k.a. Violent Bob Ross, is going to be fighting tough winner Mike Trezano at UFC Denver. And over in Bellator, we have Brendan Ward, who's going to be fighting Andre Fiojo uh, at UFC, uh, UFC Bellator 207. And Phil Davis versus Vadim Nemkov will be uh, at the Israel show on November 15th in Bellator. Also, uh, last bit, uh, the Ryzen 13 card is available. Is like the, They announced the entirety of the card. And it's going to be headlined by a kickboxing match between Kyoji Horiguchi and Tenshin Nasakawa. Mm. Right? And it's also going to be featuring the return of Mirko Krokop from his like fifth retirement. <laughs> He's going to be fighting a dude named Roque Martinez. Oh, I know him. He was on, um, why do I know Rocky Martinez? Who did I just watch him fight? He, he, he's, a, he's a decent heavyweight. He, he can throw. He was, uh, he, he fought, he's fought for Ryzen before. He okay, fought. yeah, he was on the last Ryzen card. That's yeah. where I know him from. Yeah, he fought, um, Jerome LeBanner at Ryzen 2017 Autumn Grand Prix, whatever they like to title that one, and he fought, um... Kyoshi Kuwabara at the last Ryzen of the card, Ryzen 12. Yeah, I, think he, I think he knocked him out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's a decent heavyweight. Um, There's some really good fights on that card. Yeah, Ayaka Hamasaki versus Mina Kura, uh, Kurobe. Kurabe? Um, no. And the one random bit of fight news that I had is Anthony Andrew Kawani's coming back. <laughs> he's fighting Andy Sauer in one championship. That's uh, a... Even a... Yeah, in a wow. kickboxing match. So, that's going down. That's, that's the thing. Um, hmm. Some of these fights we got to go back over. Some of these I just can't gloss over and not talk about them. Um, I don't even know where to start. The 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 Nasukawa and and Horiguchi. Um, obviously for star power, this this is a huge fight. Like Nasukawa and Horiguchi are the two male fighters that Ryzen has been building around. So yeah. So there, I, I, there will be a I, lot of eyes on this. I was at first a little confused that they didn't run it, um, save that for like New Year's Eve. But I guess they want both guys on that on that card to like get a win, yeah. or, or not get a win, but you know, uh, they want positive feelings that night for at least one of them. So, yeah. um. That's a dangerous fight, man. Yeah, I, I think for for Gooch, <laughs> I think that's a in a straight kickboxing match. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, don't. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna win. Mm-mm. But Mm-mm. I'm happy he took it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he's. I'm pretty sure they threw a nice bag at him. Like, well, he no, remember he asked for the fight. Oh yeah, he did. He did. But yeah. either way, like that's a that's just one of those main attraction fights. Like that's, that, that, that's a big one. That's one of those. It only happens in Japan fights and sometimes in Bellator. Right. <laughs> so you you got to take it where you can get it. But 
Yeah, in a straight kickboxing match, I think I think Nasu Kyle is going to take him. But that, it, regardless, is going to be fun. It's, it's just it'll be one of those spectacles that you you got to watch. Um, yeah, I, mean, I just want some weird karate shit. Right. <laughs> and then the the Nunes and Cyborg. So I was thinking about this fight. So if Cyborg wins this, like what else in, is there in MMA to do? Do you, do you go to Bellator and fight Julia Budd? <laughs> I, I don't know what else you hang around, excuse me, in the UFC for. Like, to collect checks. Yeah. That's but, basically it. Because <laughs> it's like, she's literally running out of people to beat, I guess. I mean, she's already out of people to beat because she's fighting the... Uh, she's uh, Her competition has basically been a bunch of 135ers. Yeah. Like, and Kayla Harris, they're not going to let Kayla Harris fight her for, like, five years. Like, nah, yeah. by the time she's pushing, like, 40. Yeah. And Kayla's not ready for that right now. As much as I enjoy watching the fight, I don't think she's ready for that. Like, I... I like, they have the the featherweight division tournament coming up. A tough tournament that I guess... Well, I guess it's already done, technically, but... That's going to be start airing this week. Uh, tough 28... Um, I imagine I imagine she's going to end up fighting whoever comes out of that. You know, what I'm you gotta pray whoever comes out of that is somebody like <laughs> just 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 somebody who can put on a decent fight. I'm not even expecting a world beater at at this point. Just just somebody who will even give you the slightest thought, like maybe she could rock Cyborg or something. Like I don't know, I don't know, just. Something. Appar- give, give me something to hold on to. Just a little bit of fight announcement news. Apparently, they already have a fight scheduled for that uh, that the tough twenty eight um, finale. Pedro Munoz versus Brian Caraway. Mm. Yeah, but um, like look, I'm just looking at the roster right now. I'm like, who in this roster? Like, I there like there's some girls in here. I'm like, okay, they they have really good builds. But they also only have like two fights. <laughs> like Macy Ch- uh, Chiasen Chasen is like a legit featherweight. Like she's not like a blown up one thirty five. She's five nine, five ten, and one hundred forty five pounds. Like she's a legit featherweight. But again, she has two pro fights, and like between her two pro fights, like only uh, one of her opponents had a fight prior. Um, like, I, I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what, uh, this Bia Maleki woman can do, because someone alerted me that she was, like, a Muay Thai fighter, like, it, like she was on the amateur team for Sweden, and Sweden is, you know, it's not Thailand, but it's a real, it's a pretty damn good Muay Thai, um, country, like, you, you got your, uh, your Tamor brothers who came out of there, and they've managed to make the transition over them, so, like, I'm, I'm excited that maybe she can do some things. But again, she only has two pro fights. And, and don't get me wrong, she's twenty six. She could turn out to be great, but she 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 has two pro fights. She's she's not gonna fight Cyborg anytime soon. And then you have like Penny Kianzad, who is a one thirty fiver. Marcia Al- Marcia Allen, who is like thirty six and a one thirty fiver. Katharina Leonard, who just got knocked out by Sarah Kaufman. Like it, it, I don't, 
I don't know what what's left for Cyborg to do except like, you know, she, she's just like the woman who does like the weird event on ESPN Plus where she goes and she fights like Cecilia Breakhouse in boxing. All right. Uh, like I, I would legitimately love for her, uh, Chris Cyborg, to just be like modern day Lucia Riker and just like go fight the best fighters at all, like at their sport. I have a, to be honest, like at this point, I think that's assuming she wins that fight. That that's all you can do. Like, like, but yeah, like have her do like the Eddie Bravo Invitational. Have her fight like the world champion jujitsu, uh, at her weight, like or the absolute weight or whatever. Um, have her fight like, have her rematch Serena Bars. Like, uh, I'm sure her Bellator kickboxing contract isn't that like ironclad. I'm I'm sure he they, like they could hold an event on like uh on, yeah uh, on their streaming service for it. Um, same with like the Breakhouse fight. Like, I'm sure they could get money from doing it on Fight Pass. Yeah, we, yeah, you gotta find some way to to keep her. Well, I think she did express interest in wanting to do boxing next. At least I, I thought I read something. She she wants to fight Breakhouse. She's she's been calling for that fight for a, a, a year or two now. No. I mean, at this point, man, if, if, if she wins the Nunes fight impressively and does what she normally does, you can't even be mad at any move she makes after that because like there's just, there's not there's not a ton left in MMA that's really worth sticking around for unless some star emerges from between now and then, which I, I don't <laughs> really see happening. But yeah, I don't know what else she sticks out. Um, what she sticks around for the Holly Holm uh, rematch, maybe? Uh, like, there's money in that for her. Maybe, because, maybe because because Holly did have a really good showing against. Well, and I, I mean, well, Holly Holm seems to have her own fan base, and like Chris Cyborg has her own fan base, and yeah. like there is a sizable amount of people, however ignorant, thought that thought that Holm got robbed. They're still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they're there to be exploited for money and i think at least of all the people that cyborg has fought like home i'll give her credit she's she went the distance i think she's like the most game like she's gonna stay in the fight the entire time she she might not win it but she'll be there like she'll 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 make it a fight so maybe you run that back but it comes with a lifetime of boxing where like you're losing a fight but you, you you know you can do enough to um to keep up. Yeah, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see. But I'm I'm glad that the Cyborg Nunes fight has happened. That's that's definitely gonna be be awesome. Two very violent people. Uh, so it's that, it's funny because Cyborg has the bigger casting between the two. <laughs> so if Nunes doesn't get her out in the first round, she's gonna be in for a very um oof type yeah, of that's, night. That's, that's gonna be a rude or very rude awakening, and that is not somebody you want to have your rude awakening against. That is, that could be painful. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe Nunez will surprise us. Maybe she'll, you know, perfect game know, plan. Yeah, like I and I could I could see that. I, I'm not picking that to happen, but I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Like she she comes up with a master game plan. You know, she's she's gonna take her lumps in the fight. There's no way around that. But maybe she gets out of it she sticks to a game plan and she finds a way to eke out one of those like crazy close split decisions um i don't know we'll, we'll see um 
And then real quick. She also Amanda Nunes, by the way. She's got engaged to Nina Ansaroff. And then you get this fight. Yeah. I mean, you gotta pay for the wedding somehow. That is true. <laughs> That's true. Them shits is expensive. Yeah. Very. Very. Um, Damn. And then the only other fight. I don't want to spend too long because so we'll get around to the car. But, uh, with Tony Ferguson and Anthony Pettis. I'm a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm really putting myself out there with this. I don't know why I have this sneaking suspicion that Pettis can win this. Dude, like... And, like... Ferguson's like, crack eventually, right? And, like, him tearing his knee and doing all this stupid shit in training. Like, he got out of surgery and, like, two weeks later was back lifting weights and posting videos on Instagram. Like, this man is not built to last. He, he, he has to break. <laughs> it's like it's a it's like a law of nature. It has to happen eventually. I I think the only thing that that kind of like worries me in in this fight for for Pettis is like Ferguson's one of those guys to where he's he he's just a madman. He's he's never really out of the fight until you put him out of the fight. And I, I don't look at I don't I don't think Pettis could like break him. So I feel like there could be a point where Ferguson just kind of overwhelms him and it just becomes too much. Uh, but, like, this should be an ass-kicking by Ferguson up until the point where, if, if he's going to win, if Pettis is going to win the fight, up until the point that he wins something that, like, just completely shuts down Ferguson, like a head kick or, like, a kick yep. to the body that folds him in half, like, he should be getting his ass kicked. Because yeah. Ferguson is... I. I Besides maybe Justin Gaethje, I can't think of a worse matchup for Pettis. There's somebody who's just not going to like be scared off by his like offense and just going to march him down like mm-hmm. a madman and just try to beat the crap out of him. The, the one thing I uh, I think Pettis always has in the best in, in his back pocket. I think he's one of the best like opportunists. Oh, like, absolutely. He, that's yeah. that's his forte. Yeah. Yeah. That, he he has that ace in the hole. He just needs one moment. He can grab a neck. He can grab an arm, or like I said, he might get off a head kick out of nowhere or a body kick. I, I just, I have a, I'm not going to, I can't, I don't know if I'm going to him. <laughs> but I just, I have this feeling like he might, this fight might not go the way people think it's going to go. Like he might make this a, a much tougher outing than than I think people will give him credit for. Or he might get steamrolled, who, who knows. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, like I said, I think we've seen the best of Ferguson. Like I, I, I think I don't know if it's like decline, or if it is like a gradual thing, or like he just falls off a mountain. But like, I, I don't think we're gonna see the dude who fought like Edson Barbosa or Kevin Lee. I don't think we're gonna see that guy anymore. Like I could be wrong. He he could be Justin Gaethje tough, where like it just doesn't matter how much damage he takes. He's just going to be that guy. Um. But like I, I, it, I don't feel right picking Ferguson anymore. You know. Yeah. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. That's that's a fun, it's a fun, interesting matchup. Which also begs the question: nobody still knows who's headlining UFC 230. Um, just, just let Nate Diaz do it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, dude. Uh, Diaz Poirier is not like I, I get it. It's not a title fight. It's not um like in a lot of ways it might not even be the number one contender fight. But that's that's fun. Yeah, I'll say it's just it's just a fight that a lot of people would watch. 
there's there's no way that fight's not entertaining. I mean, BJ Penn versus Nick Diaz got to headline that pay per view. It was for. I don't even think it was for a title. Nope. Nope. It was not. Like, not an interim (laughs) title, so. You just let it be. I have a, I just have a hope that somehow John Jones will headline two thirty. Will it happen? Probably not. Yeah, you know what'll happen? It'll be Nate Diaz or Poirier as the main event, but like Nate won't show up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they'll get, they'll get, like they'll they'll have their like they'll have his ticket ready for him and he'll not show up to the airport. He's like, I never fucking agreed to this. <laughs> That's that, that guy in the airport who was holding the sign, Nate Diaz. He's just waiting for him to get in the limo. He just never, he just, he just never pops up. It's like that. But, oh my god! Remember the embedded word? Like, was it Nick or was it Nate? Where they went to the airport and and just filmed the gate waiting for him, and then the, he just never showed up. <laughs> and it turns out he had been in Vegas for like a week. <laughs> oh man. Ah. Huh. We'll, we'll 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 see though. They they gotta have something sneaky up their pocket for two thirty. Somebody knows some something somewhere and they're just not saying anything. But we'll 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 see. I'm I'm pretty sure that announcement will come sooner or later. It's GSP versus I don't know Silva. <laughs> I feel like that eh, that could happen. Uh, they listed him recently as like a lightweight contender, so. Yeah, maybe they'll do GSP BJ Penn. <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't need to run that back. They'd be like, oh, you, you're doing Chuck Tito this month? Fuck that. <laughs> I'll show you sad. Uh, the rivalry renewed. Oh, man. If BJ, oh, what if BJ won? Nah, he wouldn't win. But what if he... Uh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I don't think my mind could handle, like... <laughs> like, I might have to shut down for a while after that. Yeah, yeah, this podcast might be over. Like, that might be this, the, the finale of this, this show. It might just end. Like, I can't, I can't cover that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's, that's all for news and then and flight announcements. So, we will just uh, get on on to the main festivities... Uh, UFC Lincoln went down uh, last night, headlined by Justin Gaethje and James Vick, and uh, we'll just jump into it. Um, yeah, this is this main event. Uh, not, not not a lot to talk about. Only went a, went a minute and twenty seven seconds. <laughs> I, I I wasn't surprised that this went the way it did, and I'll I'll tell you why. So one of the reasons I predicted. Gaethje to win this um, I think I said it on the last episode is that Vic hasn't fought anybody like Gaethje and Vic has obviously you know if he's watched like his last three to four fights like he's looked pretty good he's been getting guys out of there um, you know he, he's been handling business but if you look at his level of competition it's not the same kind of people Gaethje has fought. And I know it's easy to point at Gaethje and say, oh, he's dropped, what is it, two straight yep. before this? Yeah. Um, but, you know, keep in context the people that he was dropping two straight to. Like, he's losing to other people who who are somewhat in a similar vein of him, of like, they're just animals. Like, they're just rabid, <laughs> just like beasts. 
and they just they can hang in there with them. You know, they'll eat, they'll eat their lumps too because Gaethje's never gonna let you leave a fight unscathed. But if you've been watching Gaethje since World Series of Fighting, like he's just one of those guys that just he drags everybody he fights into the waters. Like nobody nobody gets out of a Gaethje fight w- without a mark. You know, on their face, without some scratches, without some blood. And then I look at Vic's fights, which I did actually on Saturday when I got off of work. I just went back and just looked at a lot of, uh, like, his last three to four fights. And I'm like, Vic hasn't, he hasn't been in these wars, man. He hasn't, not saying he hasn't had to overcome adversity, but he hasn't fought an animal like this. So, I've seen Gaethje come through when his back is against the wall. I haven't seen Vic do that, so I, I didn't. It was hard for me to pick him, um, and we saw what happened. I mean, he, he started off good. He I, th- I think it started off kind of like a typical Vic fight. He's he's using range. He's, he's pumping the jab. He's he's always throwing kicks to keep people at bay. The, the front teeth, the body kick. Um, he, he was doing his his typical, you know, James Vic, you know, things his, his tools that he normally uses, but it only takes one. And there was a point where uh, Gaethje had closed the distance at one point, and I think they had clinched up against the cage for a minute. And I was like, all Gaethje needs is just another moment like that, but he just needs to land, and it'll be over. And that's what he did. He <laughs> he closed the distance. Uh, Vic got caught with his back kind of like against the cage, so he kind of couldn't couldn't really circle out of the way, uh, I think, the way he wanted to. He ate a massive right hand. And he, he, he did one of those folds that, like, you knew it was over. Like, when a guy hits one of those kind of falls, like... It's like you didn't get, (laughs) it's like, it's like you got punched. It's like somebody took your head and just threw you to the ground. Right. Like, he, he did, like, a, it was like he got punched and he was about to transition into, like, a tuck and roll. Like, (laughs) it was, (laughs) Andy, we've said this plenty of times, when you fall, it, it wasn't, like, face forward, but just... When you do, like, the forward fall, well, his was, like, a sideways forward fall, I guess. But if you fall and your face is one of the first things that hits the ground, it's, it's not good. And he ate that overhand right, and, you know, it was, it was over very shortly after that. And he was clearly, like, you just look at his face, even after, like, they had to help him up. Like, he had no idea. Like, Gaethje went happened. over to shake his hand while he was on the stool. And Vic tried to take him down because he thought the right. was still going. Yeah, it, yeah. That that was a hard right hand. Like Gaethje, Gaethje can crack, man. And yeah, I mean, so I, good. yeah, I, I like you. You called it because we we did the predictions last week. I was like, I just can't trust Gaethje. He's been knocked out twice in like the last eight months, and it, instead of taking time off, his, his him and his camp were like, let's just go the fuck back out there. Um, and to their credit, they got, uh, they got the right matchup for it, because Vic, uh, think just going back to the Benil Darius fight, like, Benil Darius is a good fighter, he shouldn't be knocking you out, um, with, like, one punch, so, it, it, like, I, I got the, I, I got the, um, <clears throat> I, I, I got the message, uh, like, I got the idea that, yeah, Vic probably can't take a Gaethje punch, but, I'm not sure he's gonna be able to trap uh, Vic just because of his length and like just the amount of damage and wear and tear on him. And it was like, no, Gaethje doesn't give a fuck about that. 
He's just going to march you down and punch you in the face. So, um, yeah, no, like, I'm happy because fuck Vic and fuck Team Ward Irvin. Like, I, yeah, I think Gaethje's probably the best pressure fighter in MMA right now. Like, I'm trying to think of one that's better. It's like, maybe DJ. Um,. Yeah, no, I can't think of one. Yeah, because it's it's yeah it's <laughs> it's that fight ending kind of pressure. Like I feel like when he starts walking you down, it's like and if you're not built to handle that, that's got to be like a feeling of just impending doom. Like the room starts shrinking and you just start panicking. Like this guy's gonna kill me. Yeah, like yeah. I I oof, I don't know how you that oh we've seen how you deal with it. You meet him. <clears throat> you meet him in the middle. You know, like you. Another thing, like Vic, he's an outside fight. Like you don't beat Gaethje by beating him on the outside. <clears throat> like Poirier got away with it in spurts, but like at the end of the day, Poirier beat him by countering him in the pocket as he was trying to throw an empty leg. Uh, well, not empty, but like uh, a, a leg kick with no with no setup. Like the the way Alvarez beat him, and he beat him a lot cleaner than Poirier did. It was just meeting him in the middle, and just not being like, just not letting him back him up. Hmm. You stay tight, like uh, for for all his um for for all of Gaethje's strengths. Just like having a guy just go to war with him is probably the best like option. Well, not go to war, but yeah, you know, stay tight. Yeah, keep everything short. Go to the body, wear him down. So. Uh, like you're just not going to beat him at range because he could back you up. Yeah, I'm saying it's it's almost scary because you know to beat Gaethje, like you have to engage, like you can't. And that was another thing I noticed watching a lot of James Vick's older fights is that he's not like he's not a pressure fighter. He's not an in the pocket kind of guy. Like he's just gonna keep you at range. He's gonna use his body kicks. Um, he has a nice little sneaky uppercut combo that he throws a lot. But even with that, like. He's not really, he doesn't push the action a ton. Or he just, like I said, he, he, he's comfortable at bay. No, yeah. He gets I, to, where Vic succeeds best, and I, I think uh, this was best highlighted, like one of his tough fights, uh, like his very first one in the house, is when you try to close distance on him, and he just explodes. Or not explodes, but like he, he hurts you. Like right. in the house, some guy tried to take him down. Uh, it was... It was Darren Crookshank. Uh, and uh, Crookshank was, I guess, like four or five feet out, and he tries to hit like hit a double leg. And Vic just hits him with a flying knee. And he just collapsed. And, and the fight's over. Like, that that's how Vic gets the stoppages. Like, that's how he beat um Joe Duffy. Like, Duffy tried to get inside. And he hit a nasty uppercut for his, <laughs> his troubles. Exactly. But the the problem is when you have somebody like Gaethje who can just overload your senses. Like, what do you do? There's nothing to pick. There's nothing to pick at. You have to create those opportunities yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just not Vic's forte. And I, uh, to be honest, between the weight cut and just how fucking tall he is, I, I don't think he's his chin is built for this division. Yes. Yeah. 
props to Gaethje. Like this is, I think this is the first time we can say in the Gaethje fight, like he didn't really take a lot of damage. Oh yeah, like, like if he wanted to, he could probably run out back in like November, December, and get another fight in. Yeah, he good, good on him. The, the, the first time I, I think this is the first Gaethje fight I've ever seen where he like just didn't. Well, maybe not ever, but the first one in a while where he he didn't leave with his face. Half hanging off. Like the, the <laughs> Brian Foster fight, I think, was like the last time. Back in uh, 2016, where he beat him with leg kicks. Yeah. So. Good, 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 good on Gagey, man. Good, good on Gagey. But that, that, that right hand was a, a, a bomb of a KO. So if you guys didn't see that, um, definitely go back and watch that fight. I mean, it only lasted a little more than a minute. So it's not even a <clears> ton <throat> to watch. And you'll, you'll know when it's over. You you'll definitely know when it's over, but um, yeah, awesome main event, capped off a night that was pretty pretty violent, and it just ended in such a violent fashion. I think that was just a, a fitting way the the night ended, and I appreciated it ending like that because I was really tired <laughs> when this main event came around. Thirteen fight card, bro. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was ready to go to sleep. So I appreciate Gaethje for ending this quick, and he he let me get my 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 my, my sleep time in. So, but. That was the main event. Uh, on to the co-main event of the evening. Michael Johnson, Andre Feely. Of course, this is Johnson's second fight. Uh, coming down from lightweight. Uh, coming to featherweight. Really, really close fight. Um, I remember the first round being really... Th- this was one of those fights where, like, you you know whoever loses is really just going to feel some kind of way. <laughs> because it's like... Both dudes had moments. Both... Both guys landed good shots, but nobody really, there wasn't like a definitive, like, oh, he rocked him, oh, he, you know, there weren't too many of those moments. Like, so the it, closest was um, Feely getting to Johnson's back in the second round and almost rear-naked choking him. Right. And even then, it wasn't that deep. Yeah. Like, he, he had the rear-naked choke, choke attempt. Uh, Johnson did good. He landed that, that left hand a, a really good number of times, but like it was a pretty, it was a pretty even fight. Um, I think I scored it for Johnson, but like if somebody said they thought Philly won, I'm, I'm not gonna be angry because like I said, it was just it was one of those just really really close. Um, like how do you pick them fights? Yeah, yeah, it was just kind of one of those. Like, it just kind of depends on what you judge on, like. I think Philly had just like the more diverse game plan because he was mixing in the takedowns a bit more. But like I said, Johnson caught him with that left hand a pretty good number of times. He, he I, I thought towards the latter of the fight he was doing better on the feet. So it's it's kind of like which what do you weigh out more? Um, but yeah, I don't really have a ton to like talk about talk about that fight. But it, it was it was really really close and a, a good a good showing from from both. I think like I said, it, there wasn't any super crazy moments but it was a solid showing for, uh, for both obviously good for johnson finally getting his win at 45 after him doing great in the elkins fight for five minutes a little, yeah <laughs> and, and that fight took a turn for the worse um, like instantly too that's how crazy it was like yeah and when when philly put in the rear naked choke i was like oh boy yeah we're, <laughs> we're doing this again but you know what that's he, called he, growth <laughs> right <laughs> yeah some something well, well yeah I, he obviously learned from the Elkins fight 
So, um, but good, good on, good showing for Philly though. Like he, he I feel like he's come a, a good ways since we've, you know, been watching him like over the years. Yeah. Um, like, why is Johnson cutting to one forty five? Because, uh, all respect to Philly, it's like Philly's like a borderline top fifteen dude, and Johnson just barely beat him. Like and like and then you have Philly out wrestling him for a little bit and like if don't get me wrong, Philly's been getting way better at the wrestling, especially defensively. But he he's not Chad Mendes or Frankie Edgar or you know one of these dudes who can really do it in the top ten. It's not it's not Darren Elkins. So like what what's the what's the um, benefit? For draining yourself that much. Well, according to him, or at least according to commentary, like he didn't have. Um, they said what the the first his first fight at forty five. Um, he said he 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 started to cut weight too early because he was nervous that he just wouldn't make it. Um, but like he figured out the diet. He figured out like his body could handle the weight cut at the last minute. So I, I guess he's like really comfortable with it now. But I don't know. Johnson's just in. His career is just kind of weird because it's like he's a really talented fighter. We've seen him put on really good performances, but they're just a lot of times he just doesn't come up on the right end of the, you know. It's because he uh, like to me. Like, it looks like to me like Johnson always gets like, has like one idea in his head about what he wants to do in the cage, and then when it doesn't work, like he just like completely loses his mind. Like in the Khabib fight, he touches Khabib a couple times, and he's like, "Okay, what I'm doing is working. I'm a not only am I, I'm gonna just do it harder so I can get him out." And then all, all of a sudden, like he commits to a punch, or he overcommits, and Khabib is able to get his hips and get, takes him down with ease. And uh, then then he proceeds to spend the rest of the round on his back, just getting his ass beat. And then he comes out, and he's just like, "I don't know what to do anymore." Like he, I, all of Johnson's problems are baked into his, like. One baked in his game plan, but two like mental, like he doesn't have. When guys aren't scared off by the left hand, like he doesn't really have a backup plan. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. He like his problem was never size. Like he almost beat Nate Diaz. Like he literally won half that fight. If you go back and watch it, like he lose. He starts losing literally at the two thirty mark in the second round. Yeah, he he. I'll say to his credit also, um, <laughs> a lot of times he doesn't come out on the the right end, but he's he's always fighting like top guys. Like he, he uh, well, yeah. that's a product of being a lightweight. Like everybody he fights going to be tough. But he, if you look at his record, regardless of wins or losses, he's always in there with the, with the wolves. And uh, absolutely, yeah, he he swims with them, but it. It's just, it's always feels like there's something missing. Like there's there's like one piece missing that he just needs to put together, um, to like really get it going. But I mean, he he eked it out this time. You know, a win is a win. I'm not sure. I'm not sure like what what he does after this or how he'll fare against the rest of the the competition at featherweight because i mean somewhat in a similar vein a lightweight maybe not as deep but it's still 
there's still killers everywhere. Like it doesn't the 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 road doesn't get any easier. Yeah. Um. um so, yo, if uh, I know they want to keep him for that Moscow card, but if they want to just move him to New York or two twenty nine or whatever, I'd love to see Johnson versus uh Megamed Cherpov. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> let it let, let let it happen. Let it happen. Yeah, what they what they might do is have Johnson versus Volkanovski, which would be just completely com- a complete dick move. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's one of those fights they give you when you piss somebody off in the office. That's, and like, yeah, I that's like what they did to Turnovsky. <laughs> yeah, I got something for this guy. <laughs> that's 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 a hitman fight. That is a hitman fight. You you were marked as a target, and they sent somebody after you to, to get you out of here. But um, I mean, hey man, one one on one at featherweight. So, you know, obviously something's working. I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll look uh look look better next time. Not not that he looked bad this fight. I know it was a solid performance. Yeah, it was it was a solid performance. But like he's not but, coming down and just like wrecking shop. Right. So it's 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 just I don't know. I don't know. But we'll we'll see. I think all these questions can only be answered. Just we'll we'll see how he looks next time out. Maybe he he uh he puts more things together. But um either way, solid performance for him. Uh, so shout outs to to Michael Johnson. Um this next fight is <laughs> in some somewhat of a similar vein. Uh kind of sorta. Courtney Casey, Angela Hill. Um another really really close fight. Though I'll say in this fight, I think in comparison to. Uh, Johnson and Feely, uh, I think this one to me was a bit more exciting. I think both of them landed, uh, <laughs> both had their moments of landing some, some clean shots. Um, I'll, I'll admit my biases. I thought Angela Hill won, but I'm also an Angela Hill fan. So you take that for, for what it's worth. Um, I'm not mad at Courtney Casey winning. Like it, it definitely was a close fight, uh, though I do, uh, definitely disagree with the judge who gave Casey a 30-27. Um, I, I don't think she won <clears throat> every single round, <laughs> but, um, nah, they, they both did a lot of things I thought that were, were, were awesome. I mean, one for Angela Hill, just if you've been watching her, like, from the beginning, like, pre-UFC days, it's, it's good to see that her takedown defense is, is improved, like, she's a bit more competent on the ground now. Like, she got taken down, and she was able to get back up. She even went for an armbar at one point. Um, so, so that was awesome just to see that kind of evolution in her game. Um, I liked a lot of the combinations she was throwing and ended up with leg kicks. But Casey was firing back with her own combinations. I like how she was going... She would start, like, body-head, body-head. She was... They were both getting pretty creative <laughs> out there with combinations. You Jabs, hooks, crosses... Uh, Angela Hill had a moment where she threw like an overhand right and like switched it to an elbow at the last second and then caught Casey with that. That was awesome. Um, yeah, th- this was just a really good back and forth, basically a kickboxing match well, mixed in with Casey did shoot a few takedowns, but, uh, Hill was able to, to get back up. But yeah, man, th- th- this was a really, really good <laughs> really good fight. Um yeah, like I said, I'm I'm not gonna protest the the win even though I thought Hill won, but I I'm not gonna scream bloody murder because it, it definitely was close. They both had their moments. They they both caught each other with, with really good shots, so um 
and for Casey, like, she's been on the bad end of split decisions lately. So, you know, good good on her, I guess, for kind of, kind of getting that off her back. That, that's got to be a feel-good win. But, yeah, th- this was an awesome fight. This, this was a really fun fight to watch. Yeah. Um. So, one of my big problems, I guess, with Hill has been, like, more more than anybody else, she, she's really kind of fallen into that alliance backslash everybody has to be Dominic Cruz style where like she, you know she's she's laying on her feet it's all about you know uh touching and switching and uh you know trying to be as quick as possible and bouncy as possible without actually like planting your feet and trying to stun your opponents and she, and she has pop like and we saw it here like she, there was a couple times where she landed punches where it was like yeah that obviously hurt that, that obviously has some sting to it and I I, I think she's actually starting to get a better hang of, like, when to be bouncy and when to, like, plant her feet and throw. And I'm kind of curious if that's because just because of, like, Casey's size advantage here. Because Casey's a big-ass strawweight. Like, it would not surprise mm-hmm. me. She could go up to flyweight and, uh, you know, probably not bad an eyelash. Um, but I, I'm curious if the game her game plan called for her to stand a little bit more in front of Casey and just plant and throw to keep her off her because I, I don't I, like, I think she fought this fight as well as she could. And like when you, uh, in theory, you know, obviously there's probably some moments she could have like, you know, ducked a punch here, uh, followed the takedown here. Cause she got to take down the first round. She just didn't follow it to the ground. Uh, she caught a Casey kick and just kind of tripped her down. But, um, <clears throat> like the, 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 there were moments where I was like, uh, like, okay, this, the, this looks like the Angela Hill that is going to be uh, like a factor in this division. But like, I think Casey was just like a poor matchup in terms of just like size and strength. Cause again, she is huge and Angela Hill is not a big one fifteen pounder. Like she's kind of tall, but she's really lean. If you look at her. Yeah. I mean, Casey's, she's, she's pretty sturdy. Yeah. No, K- K- yeah. Casey's built like a flyweight. Um, so, I I think I, I think this is like one of those things where it just came down to like size. Like Casey's long, her punches uh, carry farther. So even if Hill's like move, trying to move out of distance, like she's just there. She she's there longer to be hit than the other way around. Yeah. Um, this is a really good fight though. Like if it wasn't for um, what you call it at the beginning of the night, uh. Corey Sanhagen and uh, no, Alcantara. This would be fight of the night. Yeah, because yeah, this this was definitely one of the most competitive fights. Like they they went back and forth the entire fight. Like it, it yeah, it, it was really awesome to watch. But um, yeah, Cor- Courtney Casey got got that split decision. Um, so good good on her. Uh, but yeah, that that was definitely definitely one to go back and watch if you guys missed it. Um. Lord, now now on to a fight that I just kind of don't. <laughs> Brian Barberina and then Jake Ellenberger. Like, um, why? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I, side note. Um, so during the fight, like they, they called out. Uh, uh, they 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 kept repeating that Brian Barberina is a power puncher. When did that happen? Like I, I know he knocked out like uh, Joe Ellenberger, 
I know, I know he knocked out, like, Joe Proctor. But, like, I I don't see Brian Barberena and think power punch. I think Brian Barberena and, and I think guy who throws, like, 50 punches every time he throws. And, yeah, he knocked out Jake Ellenberger here. But, I mean, it's Jake Ellenberger in 2018. Who's lost like nine of his last twelve fights, seven by knock, uh, seven by finish, I should say. Yeah, this 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 goes in the line of those fights that was like I I just didn't really need to. We we didn't need to see this. We really didn't. Like yeah, this didn't need to be a thing. But um, I mean not 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 to undersell, but Brian uh, Barberina did what he needed to do. He. He uh he he caught Ellenberg with a nice little little flurry and got him out of there, but you know can't be asked for more was, than your job, bro. Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, I'm glad Jake finally did decide to to hang it up. I, I think it was a few fights late, but <laughs> you know, it it is what it is. But I mean, Jake. Jake is one of those guys, man. He's he's been around the sport for a long time. He's fought, you know, he he's fought a who's who, pr- pretty much of the UFC. Um, he manages to just stick around and keep himself relevant. Like I said, may, maybe a bit too long, but you know, he's definitely put on some really good performances. He's he's he sent his fair share of people to the afterlife. <laughs> if you if you go and watch a lot of his. His uh his old fights. I mean, like literally at one point, man, this guy was he was in like that title contention talk. Like around that time when he got Jake Shields out of here, like he had a nice little streak going for himself. Um, I will say he should have got that t- like that year that GSP took off because of the uh the injury really fucked over a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Ellenberger was yeah, one of those guys that. like. He should have got a title shot. Yeah, because he, yeah, and like for guys, if you haven't, like, you know, maybe you might be a bit newer to, to watching, maybe you haven't, like, followed Ellerberger's career. Um, go, go back and watch a lot of his, his old fights. Like, there was there was a point where he had a really good string going, and he was, he was getting guys out of there, man. Like, he was a strong wrestler, a strong everything. Like, dude, he was, he was getting dudes out of here. And he he was definitely in that conversation of, of of title contenders, and it just you know kind of just didn't work out. And then like before the Campman loss, like he was one, two, three, four, five on a six fight winning streak, and he had wins over like Jake Shields and Mike Pyle and you know Doomsday and Diego Sanchez when that meant something. Like the, like dude was on a run. I think what happened to him kind of I feel like the the game caught up to him. Like, he started fighting that next generation <laughs> of dudes that were coming up. You know, the the Rory's of the world and the Gaslam's and, you know, the, the, these new guys, that that new breed that was coming around at that time. Like, you know, yeah. they, they they just had a lot. They, 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 they were a lot to deal with. And then, like, and probably the wear and tear. This dude had 40 fights by the time he was 30. Like... Yeah, that probably like, did not help either. Yeah, he he is a a veteran in in every sense of the word. But um, nah, man, I'm 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 glad he retired. Definitely best of of luck to him and 
know anything he, he does in the future. And please, Jake, don't don't be one of these guys. <laughs> don't get that offer from Bellator or wherever else. That, that, that <laughs> offer from ACB. Right. Just don't don't take it, man. Just don't take it. Just go chill out, man. Go go be with your family. You know, you know, help help other fighters fighters in the gym. I'm pretty sure a guy who has that many fights, he's got plenty of knowledge to to bestow. So, you know, you, you can you can definitely hang around the sport. Just please don't let anybody get you back in there, man. Just so what you're saying he should go kickbox. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, Jake Ellenberger in glory. <laughs> like he just comes, he just becomes like the middleweight tournament champion again. God, <laughs> I mean, Kamosi could do it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see though. But props to Brian Barberino, man. He went in there. He he did what he had to do. He he got him out of there. He he beat the hometown kid. So uh, props to Barberino. Um. Next fight, man. This, this, this was the one I was most looking forward to, to be honest. Whew. This this finish was so violent. <laughs> Davidson Figueroa and John Moraga. Um, man, oh, man. Yo, um, I, I've been saying Figueroa is really good. Yeah, this this guy, man. I mean, Moraga did good. He, he, he did decent in the first round. Um, For like 10 seconds. Caught, yeah, he he caught that nice little step in uh uh little step in jab. He, he kind of shook Figueroa with was was good, but man, after that, man, like <laughs> Figueroa is just so strong for this division. Like when he was taking Moraga down and just kind of controlling him, it, you just look at him. It's like, dude, this guy is just he he he, he looks just crazy strong to be a flyweight. And yeah, no, he is <laughs> fucking like fucking really. Um, like, dude, like I'm, I look at all the people who have fought Moraga, and the only one who's finished them in the UFC is uh, DJ. Like the the Dotson fight was a doctor stoppage on the cut, I believe, and the way he finished them too, just yeah, Oof. like he. I don't even remember how all that blood got on his face. Was that the ground and pound? Yeah. Uh, the... <laughs> yeah. No, uh, like, he, he, he landed a couple, like, short elbows on the ground. And it just cut his face. It just cut Moraga's face open. Yeah. I mean, and props to Moraga for, like, he was trying his hardest to stay, like, in this fight. Because <laughs> like, he, he ate an elbow, and then he ate, like, that right that kind of snuck through and dropped him. And then he he tried to stay up, man. He he was trying his hardest. <laughs> Moraga is a just, um, is a scrapper through and through. Yeah, he he was trying really hard to just stay in this fight. And man, Fig- Figueroa was just dropping bombs on him, and then the the body shot that just took him out, man. Like it just crumpled him, and he he ate a, ate a couple punches after that, and it was over. The, the uppercut that. That they called the fight on that uh, the second knockdown, the second round, just like Moraga like face plants. Yeah, it was. Whew. dude. That's Dave Davidson. That's a scary. It's a scary dude. Like, yeah, hardest puncher at uh, one twenty five. 
It's not like the dot, uh, the John Dotson thing where he's like throwing his whole body into it. Like he's literally just. Oh shit. Uh, well, I guess I'll come back to this. Um, uh, it's not like the the John Dotson thing where he's literally like leaping into it. It's just like he's planting his feet and throwing, and it it just kills people. Yeah. Um, How tall is he? Uh, he's an inch shorter than Moraga. I know that. Dude just seems like a titan that featherweight. I mean, that, that flyweight. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely because he's what? Uh, what's his, what's his record now? Fifteen and zero. Yeah, I, I want to see what. <laughs> I, I, you got to give him like a marquee matchup next, man. Like getting getting Moraga out in the fashion that he did. Uh, it's not an easy task. Like I said, Moraga's a scrapper through and through. You you can finish Moraga in that fashion. I I think that's I think that proves a pretty big point. Um, give 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 him a top guy, man. I, I think just just throw him in there. Just just let's see what he can do. I I think a lot of people are, will have trouble with that. Just that that just power that he has, man. Dude is just really strong. He can throw. If if he gets you down, good luck because he just. He's so big. I'm not sure how <laughs> it's, going, it's going to take some skill to, to get back to your feet. Right. He, he's a problem. He is a, a problem. Um, so yeah. Um, so currently the all the bit uh, the flyweights above hit uh, above uh, Moraga are booked. So you got Pettis who's fighting Formiga. You got Benavides who's fighting Bork. Um, so the next the, the guy underneath Moraga is Wilson Hayes. And then the guy underneath that is Alexander Pantoja, and I don't think they're going to do a Brazilian versus Brazilian fight. So, what do you say to um, Figueiredo versus Pantoja, uh, not Pantoja, Ortiz? I mean... Dustin Ortiz is out here finishing dudes nowadays, so... Yeah, I mean, like you said, the availability is obviously an issue, so... I mean, in the Ortiz fight, that's not a, it's not a bad fight. Like, I think a win over Ortiz is is still a, a solid win to have on the resume. Um, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Or, Ortiz has been, been been pretty decent as of late. So, you know, if everybody else is booked, throw together the two guys who aren't. So, and then this, you know, whatever whatever happens happens. So I'm I'm definitely not mad at that. And if they were to do that, he beats Ortiz, and then. You know, other people's schedules start freeing up a bit. Let's let's get him in there with some 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 top dudes. Give him a give him the winner of Borg Benavides or Formiga, whatever. Because yeah. who knows what the, the that title picture looks like right now? Yeah, he he's definitely inserted himself in that that conversation along with like the the Pettises and the Benavides. Like he's 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 putting himself up there with, with performances like the, this. This so. division is. Starting to fill up. I mean, they're starting like some of these dudes are just starting to stand out. Yeah, slowly, slowly, it's it's, it's getting there. It it took a while, but it's it's slowly, it's slowly moving along. So, shout out to to Davidson, and and he finished it. You know, a lot of people complain about flyweights not getting finishes, and he <laughs> he got Maraga out of there. So, yeah, man, definitely, definitely keep uh, Davidson Figueroa on the radar. Definitely somebody to. To keep an eye out for because he's he's probably gonna be making some waves soon. Um, 
And to round out the main card, we had Eric Anders uh, versus Tim Williams. Um, I had no idea who Tim Williams was <laughs> before this card. The Jersey Strangler, bro? How dare yeah, you? Yeah, that's... <laughs> Tim Williams has I been in the... like multiple seasons of tough. Like, I think he got hurt one year and just couldn't compete in the house, and then they invited him back. But yeah, uh, uh, I can't blame you for not knowing him, I guess. But I mean, he he was. I think he was statistically the biggest underdog, right? Yes. I mean, not not a bad not a bad showing. Um, I mean, things were going pretty good for him in the first round. And then shit um, fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened to Anders in that first round. Like, he just looked like he wasn't really trying to pull the trigger. He looked like he was, was still was... fighting Leo Machida. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it, was, it was really weird. It was like when you try to start up your car and it's just like, and it's just kind of like, it don't. Like it all, it not, almost gets there, but not quite. Right. But it's, yeah, it's not. It's like when your battery does. It, it, you get that click. But it's not, it's not moving. Um, and Tim, Tim was getting off on him, man. He, he was, he was landing some good strikes. I think he, he took him down a couple times, and he had me nervous. I was like, Anders, man, you don't let this guy come in here and just kind of <laughs> bully you around like I was, this. I was like, dude, is this what Alabama strength and conditioning does to you? Because right, <laughs> he like so. And from the second round on, whenever like Williams would go for a takedown. And would actually like, get to um, Anders' hips. Anders looked like a fucking wrestler, like a D one wrestler. Like he he pushed the head down, like his hips would fly back instantly. Yeah, there was there was a shot. I don't remember if it was the second or third. Tim shot like the perfect like level change, and Anders just like no. yeah, he was just like fuck that. <laughs> but like, but when it came to actually like throwing punches and like moving around the cage, like he he, he had that like uh. Uh, the my favorite um upper up, upper weight trope like I have a fucking rod up my spine. I look completely unflexible. <laughs> but, like he had like it, it's that thing you do like in your first like boxing class when like okay I I don't know how to throw punches so I'm gonna just keep my back as straight as possible. And like it it it, it makes you look all rigid and stuff. And it, it, it looked like it slowed him down because, like, he, he had trouble pulling the trigger. And he he was biting on, like, every time Williams would faint, he would bite on it and Williams would get away. And that's how he ended up losing the first round. And then the second round, I guess the coach just slapped him and told him just get to work. Because yeah, he, he instantly went out and knocked Williams down. Right. <laughs> like, the hands finally started flying. Dude, literally, uh, the very first time he hits Williams, Williams' entire face erupts in, the, like, a pool of blood. <laughs> yeah, it was... He it, he looked like a brand new person. Like, he just needed the first round to get beat up so he could just wake up. And then, yeah, he, he definitely got to work, man. He... He was, he was catching... I mean, Williams was still trying to keep it competitive, but you could tell Andrews was starting to put the pressure on him. Um... He, he was catching him with some good shots, um, but that 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 finish, that that finish, gorgeous. Yeah, that that it was so, that was so well timed. <laughs> like, That's what Harris that, wish he did. Right. <laughs> that that was the perfect timing for that kick. Like, and it definitely was. Like he definitely caught 
Williams definitely got caught slipping because that was kind of like a. It was kind of like why was he trying to get up with Anders literally standing right in front of him? Yeah, it was one of those get ups. Like it was kind of sloppy looking, and it was like, yeah, I don't know if this was a good. It, it was well, I, just I, sloppy. It was just like he he was literally right underneath Anders. Like you're supposed to scoot back before you you you, you try to stand up from a situation like that. Right, you got to create a little bit of a little bit of space. Right, because like even at, even had he not kicked him, he could have easily rushed in and just just clapped him. Just kept yeah, just yeah, just clapped when you kept you down. But he got that kick off like just as Williams' hand was leaving the mat. Actually, for a second, I thought the kick was so hard that it just lifted his hand <laughs> off the mat. He just, he, he, he blasted Williams with that soccer kick. Jesus Christ, man! Yeah, that that was. After that, that first round that Anders had, that was an amazing way to finish that fight. Like things just were not going for you well in the first round, and he he completely turned it around. Um, That's how you get people to forget. Yeah, you don't show them no scorecards. <laughs> right, <laughs> mind you, this came with like eighteen seconds left in the fight. Yep, this was if Wikipedia is correct for four minutes and forty two seconds. So that round was about to be all but over. Um, and he made sure it was over in, in, in emphatic fashion. But, I mean, for Williams, not not a bad showing, you know. That, that's a tough dude to fight in your your debut. You're on a main card. I mean, you, you won a round, so you, you obviously had something working good for you. I would say he took this fight in like a week, though. This is something, something yeah, crazy. Yeah, sure. yeah, so, you know, cir- circumstances considered, you know, you can hang your hat on that if you want to have some kind of, you know, moral victory. No moral victories in the octagon, man. Did you not hear Never Paul sure. Felder? They're right. <laughs> they, they they don't show up on the stat sheet, but, you know, if, if you want to draw some kind of silver line, and you know, you, you can hang your hat on that. But, uh, yeah, good good for Andrews, though, man. That, that was a, that, that's a very memorable, it's a nice little highlight reel to have. That is a, a fantastic highlight to have, but, um. Yeah, man, that that was an awesome fight. Good, good, that was a great way to kick off the main card. Um, just continue the night of violence. Just a lot of people just did not make it out of this card alive. <laughs> speaking of, yeah, speaking of uh, the uh, prelim headliner, James Krause, Willie Alves. Um, I'll say before I even break down the fight, I'm I'm really glad to just hear more stories of fighters who are. Coming to the realization that cutting 80 pounds, I mean, I'm probably exaggerating, I don't know if that's how much he cuts, but you guys get the point. Of just cutting these absurd amounts of weight to try to make a weight class that you just probably don't belong in. Like, <laughs> go up and fight where your body's most comfortable, where you're not killing yourself the, the day before weigh-ins and falling over and all that crazy stuff. Like, he, he's up at 170, he, he looked pretty comfortable. It's kind of crazy, even though essentially in this fight it was a lightweight, a former fight, lightweight fighting a former middleweight. But um, no nah, man, Cross looked pretty good, man. Um, not not like a ton of power shots, but just like good volume. Um, a lot of stand switching. He was switching from orthodox to southpaw like every other <laughs> like punch. Um, so I, I thought that worked well for him. Um. It was wild though because he had a, Kraus had a really good first round and then that second Warley Alves just kind of looked like he was pissed and he just came out with this really violent flurry to start the second, but 
Kraut uh, Kraut found his way out of that. Just really good at picking his shots. Like I said, just good volume, good use of picking his shots. Good body work. Just yeah, body work, switching stances. He he gave Alves I, I think just a lot to think about, and then he catches Alves with his knee that just. <laughs> it wasn't. It, it wasn't quite like a flying knee so much. It was like a hop knee. Yeah, and it it just in real time. I didn't even really see what happened because he kind of like pumped the jab out first and then just let the knee fly up and Alves just caught it right on the chin, and he he hit one of those step backs that you kind of knew like ooh that's that's not good, and then he, he ate some combinations uh, on the cage and. He probably would have fell over had there not been a cage to hold him up, because <laughs> he was he was just kind of eating punches. So I wasn't mad at the stoppage because he he was just getting well done. But um, not really good performance from Kraus though, man. Like just very diverse, a lot of diversity in in the striking. Like I said, a lot of stand switching, and then just that really sneaky knee he just threw up there, and all of it just just caught it on the chin, and that that was the the beginning and the end of that fight, but. Good on Kraus, man. That was, that was a really, really good performance. Oh, uh, yeah. Freaking, like, you just had Alves flustered with, like, the reach, which is weird because, like, like you said, Alves is, like, a former middleweight. Um, is it, I, I'm not even, I don't think this is, like, the first time he's fought along, dude. I could be wrong. But, like, he, he was legit just swinging at air at certain points. Like as hard as he could too, and and Kraus was like taking like half steps to get out of the way, or sometimes he wasn't even moving. Sometimes it was just like he he threw it. He would try to counter a jab and just come up short. Um, you just yeah, uh, I'm I'm happy. This is just more proof that you don't need to cut like fifty thousand pounds to 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 be competitive at a higher division because like. Alves is a dude who has a win over the current or former interim welterweight champion. And Kraus went out there and picked him apart. Um, who was Kraus's first opponent at welterweight? Because I think this is his second. No, this was his first fight. Alex White. No, Alex White. That was a lightweight. So I guess this is his first fight at welterweight in the UFC, or at least since he returned. Um, yeah, like just really like there's nothing really else to say. Like just a really all around solid performance. Oh, I'm thinking of the Jesse Taylor fight. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, yeah, no, like I'm really happy. Uh, just That's five in a row now. Five in a row. Um, like I'm, I'm sad because Alva seemed to like, Alva seemed to like have finally had like hit his, like oh I know how to fight for three rounds, like I know how to fight more than five minutes, like trip and like recently he seemed to be getting better in that asset uh, facet, but well, well what you gonna do? Somebody's gotta lose. So props yeah. to Kraus for realizing that 155 is. Dumb for him. Yeah, so you other guys take notes, man. Stop killing yourself to fighting these divisions where you just probably don't belong. So I, I hope I hope that wave uh, continues. Um, on to the next fight, <laughs> which is man, 
yeah, this like you said, if it wasn't for this fight, uh, Casey and Angela Hill probably would have got fight of the night. But this might be one of the craziest fights you'll see all year. If it, if it wasn't uh, for freaking Whitaker versus Romero, we the first round of this fight might be the fight of the year or round of the year, I should say. Yeah, this this was. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it, but Corey Sanhagen and uh, Yuri Alcantara. Corey Sanhagen's um, just built different. Yeah, I I. I... <laughs> Luckily, I got a chance to watch Sanhagen when he was in LFA, and he was crazy back then, and not not a lot has changed. He, he's still just a wild dude. Is crazy tough. Really, always puts on a fun fight. Um, yeah, man, th- this fight was wild. Like, and, and they wasted like literally, th- they wasted no time. Like, this fight just started with violence. Alcantara just came out like a man on a mission. He he was looking to kill. <laughs> he, he he comes out with a flurry. He he's got Co- uh Sanhagen hurt against the cage. Then he just like throws him to the ground. Goes into like a arm bar slash arm lock. Sanhagen's arm and elbow bends in all kinds of angles that limbs are just not meant to go in. Um, I don't know how he got out of that, but like. <laughs> His body was just contorting in ways that just were not natural. And then on top of his elbow just being bent all out of whack, like Alcantara was catching him with hammer. Like he had his arm like locked with the right hand. And then with like with his left hand that was free, Alcantara is just raining down hammer fist. Sanhagen's face is just all bloodied up. It's looking real bad for him. Somehow Sanhagen gets out of this arm lock twisting his body all kinds of ways he finds his way out he ends up on top he catches alcantara with some very hellacious and just violent ground and pound his elbows and punches he he, he hit alcantara so hard that his mouthpiece flew out <laughs> it was <laughs> it was looking really bad man like he it looked like he was about to get alcantara out in the first but alcantara somehow survived that just onslaught of ground and pound um and then the second round happened and then this is where like for me the fight like this fight for me went from oh my god this is the craziest thing that ever i've ever seen to now i'm uncomfortable watching this um so the second half of this fight kind of went the way the second half of the first round did with uh, I can't even remember how they got to the ground. Like, oh, no, no, no. They had like a... Rocked the crowd. Yeah, like, he rocked them, and then, like, uh, unless I'm confusing him with another fight, Alcantara, he tried, like, a standing elbow, and, like, he... I don't know if it was partially because he was still stunned, but he went for, like, an elbow, and he just kind of fell over. I don't know if, like, he tripped over himself, or he still just wasn't all the way there. But e- either way, he he's on the ground. It's not looking good. But my God, he ate so many unanswered shots. Like, and clearly he just wasn't, it wasn't like the first round where like he was damaged, but he was still like trying to move out the way a little bit. In the second round, he was just kind of turtled up. Like he was clearly rocked. He was clearly hurt. He ate a lot. And I emphasize a lot of unanswered shots. And he's literally just, he just turtled up. 
And he, he ate a lot of unnecessary punishment, I thought. Like, this fight could have been stopped way, way, way this earlier. This fight should probably have never left the first round. Yeah, yeah. Probably shouldn't have. But, I mean, I, I get it. They, they let him, I, I guess maybe they gave him benefit of the doubt. Um, but, yeah, man, like, that, he did not need to take as many shots as he did. And <laughs> it was funny because I was watching him. I think I think after this fight they had cut to Jimmy Smith and them and Jimmy Smith was throwing shots at the ref. Uh, he threw some some Yamasaki references in there, but yeah, man, like Alcantara did not need to take that many shots. So it, I don't know. It kind of took away something from the fight for me because like that I, that didn't need to end that late. But like either way, one of the craziest fights you'll watch this year. He, just watch Sanhagen anytime he fights, man. Like, if, if you watched him in LFA, like, all of his fights are fun. Dude, is, he's always there for a scrap. He's just one of those guys that when he's on the screen, you know something fun's going to happen. He's never in a boring Yeah, it's not, it, he's not just, like, he, he's actually real. He's actually good. Like, a, like AC, yeah. capital A, capital C, uh, capital A, capital G, actually good. Like, dude, dude that, like, he has a really unique fun style of fighting like it's kind of like a mix between like max holloway and um like tj dillashaw from what i remember from his first fight so uh, like dude dude is fun and apparently tough as shit like yeah. that was the deepest armbar i've seen somebody get out of since like jacare roger gracie where like roger just broke freaking jacare's arm and jacare tucked <laughs> it into his belt to keep going. Hey, man. <laughs> he said in the post-fight, I came in with no way I was losing this fight. It's like, you guys had to kill me to get me out of here. And, hey, man, he, he kept true to his word. I, 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 this fight probably could have been stopped, like, three different times in the first round alone. Yeah. Um, like, I'm, like, what do you think? Do, do, do you stop the fight when you see a man's arm pop? Because the thing is, I, did, I didn't... I, I know in the post fight he said he's his arm did pop, but like looking back at it, it was more like um, a, what you call it? Uh, would be more yeah, it was more like an Americana, but like the L lock. When I is there like a, a Americana or like a Kimura? Like when he has the arm bar and you see it like flexing. Yeah. Like the way it's bent, it's more. It's like more. It's not going up into the elbow. It's going like, oh, I'm turning more than I am actually like pushing your elbow up. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so I see why the rep, uh, the ref didn't stop it because the elbow is not actually popping. Like I, I'm, I, I would, been, I, you know, I would been cool if he did stop it because some guys just don't know their limit. Like. Yeah, that that could have went the other way. Like he, he he could have left with no that that arm could have got just yanked yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. But I guess it's kind of hard to say. Like, I mean, we've seen some situation before, like where it looks bad, but it wasn't really as bad as we thought. Yeah, and I I could see if like if he was like screaming in pain, then yeah, I could see a stoppage. But hey, man, I. If he's still alive, <laughs> I guess it is what it is. Um, but no, nah, that that was that was crazy. That was that was wild. That's one of the wild wildest things I've ever seen. That, that should be on everybody's of the year list at the end of the year. Yeah, 
yeah, that's that's definitely up there. Very very high up there too. So, but really, shout outs to both <laughs> gentlemen because they both have their moments. San San Hagen just had more of them, but like just wild fight, man, just really really wild fight. Yeah, Alcantara yeah, tough as shit because he ate like a solid five minutes of just getting his ass beat at the end of the fight. Yeah, he like yeah, man. Who on his corner? But like, dude, dude is tough. Like. If that if that's my guy, you, I'm not sending him back out there for the second round. I don't care how close to winning he was in the first. Nah, but I felt bad for Alcantara. They always throw like the young guys at him. I mean, that's just because he's an old man in the young man's division. <laughs> they always send the young bucks at like, him. He's 38. Like everybody's young. Yeah. I mean, who who? who like from his generation, yeah, Bantamweight. From his generation, I would say Bantamweight doesn't have like the old days. Yeah, the, dude, they all got beat out the division. Like who, who from, <laughs> like Brad Pickett, um, Uriah Faber, uh, Scott Jorgensen. Like they, they're all gone, and they've all been gone for like a, a, a minute now. Yeah. Like this is he's, he's he's the last of a generation. Yeah, this is a dude who was like. I'm not even like he was fighting WEC. Like he fought at the last WEC show or something. Was it the last one? Fifty-three. Yeah, he fought the last WEC show. Like, and that was seven years ago, eight years ago. So he's been around for a minute. He's been old for a minute. <laughs> he has been old. <laughs> he has been old for a minute. But he's still like he's still mixing it up, man. Like he still he still goes out there and, and oh yeah, don't get me wrong. Like there there are yeah. probably like a lot of, like there's a reason like a lot of his contemporaries aren't around that he still is. Yeah. So. And I still think a win over him still you know it's still a good win like because he's not an easy out. He's he's not an easy out in in, in the fight. Oh yeah, like just look at the dudes who beat him. Like it's Jimmy Rivera, it's Brian Kelleher, it's Alejandro Perez, it's uh, Frankie Signs. In your eye favor at Bantamweight, like that's that's a pretty solid list of guys. Like if you're gonna lose to anybody, there's no shame in those losing those guys. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to Alcan Tower, but yeah, shout shout out to San Hagen, man. That's I always looking forward to a San Hagen fight. <laughs> this is this guy's a he's another one of those guys. He he just cut from a different cloth from the rest of the world. Um. All right. So this next fight. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, in real time, I barely paid attention to this fight, and I did not rewatch it this morning. I um, actually missed the entire <laughs> first round of this fight. Like, I, I I went downstairs real quick. I came back up, and they were like, "Oh, we're starting the second round." I'm like, the first one I even start when I went downstairs, and that was like two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll know. Um, and, and it wasn't, a bad, it wasn't a bad fight from my from what I remember. Like it. Yeah, like it. It looked like uh, and, uh Andrew Sanchez uh, versus uh Marcus Perez. From what I remember, it was a pretty, pretty fun like back and forth, just kind of slug them out, kickboxing match. But I just I don't remember like the finer details. Um, it, it it was a lot of Sanchez marching Perez down, eating body kicks and kicks to the arm, and then Perez letting Sanchez like uh basically shoe shine him a bit. You know, just like Sanchez would throw like five or six punches, and Perez would eat like three or four of them before escaping. It, it was like that one of those types of fights. Like Perez, 
so like it's pretty clear that he's a like he's a really good talent. Like he, he he's really good kicker, but between all the wild shit he does and the fact that he like he gives up a lot of space, like he he just not built to win rounds. Like he if he doesn't stop guys, or if he's not just straight up flat out better than them. Like that, he's probably gonna lose because he just doesn't fight to win rounds. He, like everything has to be like a knockout point, like a knockout strike with him. Well, good on Andrew Sanchez. Like I said, I don't really. This know. is probably the most impressive win of Sanchez's career in in terms of like, oh, I had to change it up to you know get back to the top, or get or to 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 take it to the next level. Um. Like, I'm not sure if I consider Sanchez like a prospect in like the traditional sense. Like maybe he, uh, I, I expect I expect him to round out his game, become like a solid mid-tier middleweight. And one of those guys who can just kind of stick around. Yep. Like you're you're yeah. in the tall, you're in the dolls, talls. I can't even remember his name. Yeah. Who, who is the greatest uh, middleweight of all time? <laughs> So, congrats to Andrew Sanchez uh, getting the decision victory and uh, rounding out uh, the Facebook. Well, this was actually what started the uh, Fox Sports uh, two prelims. Uh, Mickey Gall and George Sullivan. The fight did not last long at all. Um, literally, the fight was Gall getting a takedown, took Sullivan's back. Sullivan did not fight the hands. He was trying to throw punches. He got choked out. Yeah. Uh, like big win for Mickey, big win for Mickey Gall, and he'd be a guy with like three, four times as many fights as he has. But at the same time, we probably we didn't learn anything new about him. Like this, this, this is basically what he does. He he commits enough with the hands, gets somebody to throw, goes for a takedown, takes the back, gets the naked choke, and it's over. Yep. So. And then he proceeds to call out Sage Northcutt and Diego Sanchez. Don't call out dudes you beat. Let's start there. Never call out somebody you beat. And never call out somebody nobody wants to see fight anymore. Yeah. Or nobody with a heart, I should say. At least, at least like, the, the North Cut fight, I, I just thought, like, he probably considered that maybe, like, a money grab. Because, you know, Sage is, like, the golden child. <laughs> I guess. The, the Sanchez call-out just had me kind of, like, yeah, I don't know about that one. You see, I, you, know, you know what? You should have called out Logan Paul. Mm. If he was smart, he, that's who he would have called out. Because mm. he could have set himself up to be the guy to fight Logan Paul, because you know the UFC would do that in a heartbeat if they thought they could. I actually still have that fight on. I'm glad he said that. <laughs> I'm going to keep this fight on. <laughs> We're going to talk about this fight after we talk about this card. <laughs> but, um, if, if he was smart, he would have called out Logan Paul. I'm just saying. Eh, it's still time. It's still time. I think it still happens. Put that on the uh, the, uh, the ESPN golden the gold or ESPN the gold or, or the gold. <laughs> <laughs> Get that on there. <laughs> but, uh, the uh, fight pass prelims. Uh, these fights were also pretty good and some pretty impressive finishes. Uh, Joanne Jojo Calderwood and Kalindra uh, Faria. Man, um, wasn't looking too good for Jojo. I was kind of hurt. I'm a JoJo fan. She got taken down really quick, and I was like, "Oh God, I hope it's not one of these fights." Uh, <laughs> she just gets taken down, 
over and over again and we don't get to see any fun striking or any of her game and she just spends the whole fight trying to get back to her feet um she got taken down uh i mean Kalindra did what she was supposed to do took her down a little bit of ground and pound all that good stuff and right at the very last second in very anderson silva chael sonnen-esque fashion uh jo joanne starts getting a little hold of that wrist <laughs> get, get, gets that little brief moment where she can control it throws those legs up there for the triangle um i think she had to adjust a couple times to like get it to sink in all the way um and gets the triangle armbar literally with like three seconds left in the round um yeah man it, it was awesome um also mentioned this was at flyweight and I th think they had mentioned that, uh, you know, definitely a much better division for call, uh, for Calderwood to be in, not having to cut so much weight, not spending training camp, just worrying about the weight cut. Like you can actually focus on your game, focus on, you know, proving your skill set, all that good stuff, which definitely seemed to pay off here. Like I said, just last minute triangle on bar with three seconds left in the round. Um, and I, I just like how she really committed to it, man. She, like I said, she had to adjust to get it. She was really trying to lock it in, and she got it in at the very last second. Um, yeah. So as as a JoJo fan, I was very happy to see this. This 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 definitely put a smile on my face. Yeah, no, great great work from um, JoJo. I think she she moved from TriStar to uh, to Vegas. She's worked with Syndicate MMA, and uh, you know Roxanne Mother Furry was in her corner last night. Um, so like really slick slick jiu-jitsu off her back um like not a whole lot to say really like except you know now now people have something else to worry about when they fight jojo but yeah. um Kalindra Faria uh just <sighs> she's better than her record uh, like she's better than her record but she's not you know what I mean yeah like she should she should have beat what's her face in the first fight um, Jessica I was it her opponent? Then she goes out there and she ha she bombs versus uh, cause she yeah she should be Jessica I. She was beating Calderwood until she wasn't like, and and the Borella fight was just weird. So it's like the Luke Sanders yeah. effect, which we'll <laughs> we'll get to in in, in a couple moments. Yeah, Ugh. but. Um, Faria's just I, I think Joey said it last night best when he, he said Faria's the difference between being a really good triple A MMA fighter and being on the regional scene and then being like a low level UFC fighter like there's such there's a big gap between the two yeah um again just shouts to Carter because who's not a fan of JoJo so yeah so Definitely shout out to Jojo, man. That was, that was a awesome win. Glad to see her at flyweight. Um, hope to see her put put on some some more fun fights uh, in the future. Uh, next fight, continuing down the list. Uh, I didn't rewatch this fight, but I, I remember a, a decent amount of it. Uh, Drew Dober and John Tuck. Um, all I remember really from this fight is Drew Dober keeps a pace that's just kind of like like how do you beat it? Right, like, it's just like, what, what do you do? Like, dude is in your face, 
he can hit hard. He's a very he's a pretty good striker. He's really strong at lightweight. Like he is a thick lightweight. Um and he was mixing it up with takedowns. Like he was just <laughs> like Tuck just didn't have room to breathe. Dober was just Yeah, man. That Dober's are just one of those like I said, not I don't think I'm pretty sure he's not ranked. No. Uh yeah, like even like he's just one of those dudes that outside of the top 15 he's still like a really 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 talented really solid lightweight that on any given night like it's it's not going to be an easy fight for you like dude just he keeps an insane pace and he literally never slowed down he was constantly in tuck's face landing shots good kickboxing mixing it up with takedowns just everything man that, that dude just re- really insane pace to keep for for three rounds and like I just felt like he just he dragged Tuck into the deep waters he just kind of drowned him and just he never let him come up to breathe. Basically, yeah, like Tuck just has poor cage awareness. Like he'll he fights off the back foot despite the fact that he wants to kick. Like that's his that's his all that's his entire um kickboxing game is just basically him kicking. Uh, to the body, to the head, whatever. But, like, that only works if you have the energy to do it wait into fights. And he, if you're constantly moving backwards and fighting off takedowns, like, you're not going to be able to do it. So. Yeah. So. Hard, hard knock life. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, not not really much else to... What's, what's Dober's record? What's... How many ones did he have like in a row? No, no, no. Uh, I think he's coming off a loss. Oh, he's three, he's three in That's a row. That's three in a row? Huh. Yeah, I, yeah uh, Burke, Burke, Berkman, Camacho, and Tuck. His last loss was to uh, uh, Mercy. Yeah. So, pretty decent run. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent run. And he is just, like I said, he's just a really solid, just really solid dude, man. Like, you you, you, you got to fight with him. It's, it's going to be a, be, a, be a tough night out. So, shout out to Dober for just pushing at the same pace and just making it a really enjoyable fight to watch. And the uh, last fight that we will uh, mention that happened on this card, Ronnie Yaha and Luke Sanders. Um, Low-key, I was really looking forward to this fight. I thought this was a pretty interesting matchup. But, my God, man. Like, I, I really like Luke Sanders. I, I always remember the very last card they had before Legacy and uh, RFA, like, combined so they had like their fighters fighting each other and he beat the crap and... out of terry and <laughs> yeah man luke sanders gave terry on where the blues and like you, you just you look at the way sanders fights like he, he's not like it's not like anything he does that's like really crazy but he's like he's really strong he's really athletic he hits hard he, he's pretty solid like all around so like i just i look at his talent and then you look at his record and it's like my god it just never this dude can't catch a break like he just can he's another one of the dudes he said like a lender like you look at his record or at least like his ufc record because his overall record is still pretty good but you look at his ufc career um and it's just like man he's 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 winning until he's not but that wasn't even the case in this fight like he was losing instantly (laughs) yeah he was losing until he until he lost um, Yaha caught him with a nice, uh, he, he flicked a kick out there and then he followed it with like a right hand that stunned him. He, he 
uh, got him up against the cage. He dives in for like a, a knee bar and just relentlessly goes for this knee bar. And just there, there was a moment where I thought Sanders was about to get out of it. Like he he twisted around and looked like he was about to drag his foot and stand back up. And Yaha just never he just never let go. And then he ends up getting a heel hook. I think I think Sanders was verbally tapped. Um, man. I mean, great on Yaha. Like, he's been out there really handling business. Um, he, he's one of those guys who kind of gets overlooked, I, I think partially because of his fighting style. He is but, very dull when he does not get the submission. Yeah, yeah. He, he It's not always the prettiest thing to watch, but it, it gets him wins, but it's probably not going to win over a, a lot of fans. But he's also one or, of the best submission artists in the history of the UFC. Right. <laughs> so, it's kind of, and I, I don't mean to compare him, like, ranking-wise, but I, I feel like he's going to be one of those guys in the vein of in a sun cell of, like, he'll probably win a lot of fights, but he's not going to get, like, that big one that he probably wants. Um, like, he is 7-1 and one in his last eight. Yeah. The dude's out here for real. Yeah, and he just... He's probably not gonna get that that big fight, but really awesome heel hook. I just feel bad for Sanders, man. Like, <laughs> oh, I just want to see him do good, and it just. Huh. Of those seven wins, he had eight or uh, five or by submission, by the way. I think his only loss was to who? Uh, not his only loss, but his loss on that run. Well, like most and was Joe Soto, yeah, and what was. One of the most fatiguing fights I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I just, what's he been up to? Soto, he got fired or cut, I should say. Did Could he? be wrong. I haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, he fought in February and got knocked out to Yuri Alcantara. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some UFC list of records. I want to know where uh, Yaya is on that submission list. Winning most wins, finishes, end of title fight, fastest finish, latest finish, knockouts, submissions, most submissions. Most is Hoist, next is Charlie Vera, next is Nate Diaz and Damian Maya, Frank Mir, Kenny Florian, Joe Lozon, Cole Miller. Yaya's not on the list. I I might be confusing him with somebody else. He was on some submission list, but he was tied with like a bunch of other people. But I I could be confusing him with. It might be else. active fighters. Because a lot of the, like Hoist. Uh. Yeah, a lot of those guys aren't. But it, it, uh, well, he's got five in this run, but he has a couple more. One at least one more, from like. Let me, let me just, because he doesn't have a lot before that. So he has six. He has six in the UFC. If you go back to WEC, he has seven, eight, nine, ten. He has ten in the WEC slash UFC. Dude's putting that work. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's definitely putting that work. We'll, we'll, we'll see if maybe he gets a, a bigger matchup. But man, for Luke Sanders, that that just sucks, man. That that sucks. 
that's 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 the business. He's got all the t- he's got all the physical gifts to, to to be a top dog. Just for some reason, it just does not coalesce into a into a solid tight knit MMA game. Yeah, which is crazy because if, if if this was like five years ago, I would be like, I think he would be like a contender. Tanner, yeah, yeah. You look at his his. I think he would have been in like a similar vein of like a Faber kind of guy. Like I, I felt like I could have seen him in somewhat of that mode like five six years ago. But it, that also sucks too because he's like thirty. Two. Yeah, like he's on the older side for these uh these lighter weights. So yeah, but by the time but, his game catches up with like you know the rest of the division, if it does, he'll probably be a little too old to um to make a deep run. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm definitely still rooting for him. Uh, I want to see him do well. I just want to see Becky Lynch at more MMA events. So. <laughs> Oh man! But that was the card, UFC Lincoln. It was awesome. Like, That's fun, yeah. It, it, yeah, it it went a, a bit long. You know, I was a little tired. <laughs> but um, no, nah, man. Like there was a lot of violence on this card. Uh, like I said, a lot, a lot of people didn't make it out alive. A lot of good finishes. Uh, and I, for what it didn't have in star power, I think we got a lot of faces we don't see all the time. So like some of these guys were just fun to see them fight. It, it was good. It was a really good showing overall. Like, uh, if you didn't catch this card, I definitely think it's worth going back to watch. You'll get to see a lot of finishes. And, I mean, the the main event capped off the night perfectly. <laughs> Just with one of the most violent knockouts. The one-punch knockouts you'll, you'll probably ever see. Um, like, if we're, if we're going yeah, to get a random card from the Midwest with just, like, a bunch of guys and gals on it, like, this was this was a pretty good result. Just fun fights, bunch of finishes. None of these fights felt like they were a drag. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, and we add to people's highlight reels that we care about, like Eric Anders and Davis Figueredo and Joanne Calderwood and Mickey Gall, and you know, so good times. Yeah, good times, good times. Um. So, yeah, definitely you guys go back and, and check that out uh, if you haven't. Um, <laughs> so, before we leave, <laughs> I want to talk about this Logan Paul and KSI fight. That uh, I didn't even know this thing until... I think you had mentioned this to me like a couple podcasts ago. I think that was Stokes. Um, yeah, one, one, one of you two had mentioned it to me. Cause I, 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 knew about, I, I knew about Sai's first... Sai, Sai, I don't know how to say his name, KSI. I knew about his first fight. Where he fought some other YouTube dude who was like in the same YouTube group as him, and they beefed be, like, and it was like a rap song, and like they, it was this whole mess, this convoluted mess, and it, I remember that did big ass numbers, like because they streamed it on YouTube, and it got like seventeen million people viewed it live. <laughs> I'm like, that's more than any fucking person will view any actual professional <laughs> fucking fight event this year. Yeah, see, I didn't even know he had a first fight. I had no. <laughs> I didn't know who KSI well, we was. About, I, I we talked him. about it in the podcast. Because I, I remember watching it. I was laughing the entire time. I'm so old. I don't remember. I don't remember I, that. I think, but, I, I think me and Stokes talked about it because we watched it. Yeah, this, this, this one I didn't get around to watching because it was on pay-per-view. Not that it stopped anybody um, from watching it for free. 
I heard there were streams on Twitch, and Twitch didn't even take them down. <laughs> some of those, like, okay, so just, just for the, like, optics of this one, it sold, like, 10,000 plus tickets, like, actual sell, like, you went and bought a ticket and to go view it live. I don't remember where it was. It might have been, like, Wembley, which would have been a big-ass slap in the face if I'm a fucking Euro, uh, a British boxer, because odds are I haven't fought in front of 10,000 people at Wembley. But, um... <laughs> So they got, like, they sold, they probably had, like, a, a pretty big gate, like, close to, if not over a million dollars. Um, but this was a, I, it was a, a streaming pay-per-view. So you paid $10 and you got to watch the stream. And I guess I didn't pay for it, so I wouldn't know. But I guess, like, the, the interface where you watch the stream came with the counter for, like, how many people were watching it live. And someone reported that during the co-main event, the card had eight hundred thousand people watching it live through the through the pay per view stream, which turns into like eight million dollars profit. That's crazy. That's more than. Like, <laughs> That's to, to, to put that into perspective, like I, I'm gonna do the math right now: two hundred fifty thousand buys times sixty bucks, divide by two because half of it goes to the. That's more than your. That's more than the UFC makes for a card that does a quarter of a million buys, which is most of them nowadays. Mm. So these two uh, YouTubers. Well, four, because they, they had one other YouTuber. They, well, yeah. Uh, they had the two. Yeah, his his brother, brother fought some other YouTuber. So they made more money between the live gate, sponsorships, all the promo YouTube videos that probably came before and after this, and the pay-per-view than like 95% of pro fighters across boxing and MMA in the past year. <laughs> um, I guess really the only reason I wanted to talk about it, not that I had any vested interest, because I, I had no idea who KS, or I, I didn't remember who KSI was. I, I only know of Logan Paul. I've heard his name float around. I know he's a douche. I, I know about the, the suicide force incident. So... Yeah, that's that. That's just not a good look. But like, I, I don't really keep up with these dudes too much. So I I can't comment much on their personal lives because I'm just kind of don't care. I'm not, dude. You know, this, I'm not. I'm not that invested. This, but I, I'm just looking at the Twitch streams numbers, and apparently it was over a million. So see. so illegally, <laughs> illegally, one point two million people viewed the fight. And that's not counting the eight hundred and sixty thousand people thousand. who watched it, who who paid ten dollars for it, paid to watch it, and then plus the people in the arena. And I'm watching this fight literally now as we record. This arena is packed. Like <laughs> they they really sold out a crowd. And the thing is, like I can't even be mad at this because take take the shenanigans aside. Like, this was actually put together fairly well. Like, <laughs> they had a legit announcer in, in, in Buffer uh, announcing, not commentating, but, like, you know, announcing the fights. Um, I don't remember who was on commentary, but, like, for, for this to have been a freak show, <laughs> if you listen to the commentary, they would make you think that this fight was, like, held very significant meaning and this was for, like, a legit title or something. Like, production value is solid. Like, camera work is good. The ring looks good. The lighting... Like, everything about this was actually 
really professionally done. So it's like I almost can't even. In the fight, I mean, obviously it wasn't. It, it was know. a fight between two dudes who who trained with pro trainers for a few months. Yeah, but like it wasn't that bad. <laughs> like to be, I'm watching this now. I watched this fight before we started recording. Now I'm just like rewatching it. I mean, obviously, yeah, you're going to see a lot of just flailing overhand rights, you know, especially when they started to get gassed, it started to look a little ugly, but, like, it wasn't that bad. I'm not saying I'm, you know, they do this again, I'm paying for it, because I watched it the day after. I'm going to Twitch. Right. (laughs) Which I do have, but it's like, this wasn't that bad, like... I wonder if this is going to be the new thing. Like, celebs get beef. Let's make money off of it. Let's put together an event. People come out, have a good time, watch their favorite celebrities. Everybody goes the Uwe Boll route where, like, where, like, you criticize his movie and he'll fight you in, like, a ring. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know what this tells me? Like, this is all untraditional media, too. Like, Like, let's just get to that real quick. Like, this is all new. Like, this is all stuff that YouTube is just trying out. And it tells me that you make a lot of freaking money through fighting. Mm-hmm. Like, people, it tells me people are still interested in fighting. You just gotta get people to care. That, and I think it's interesting that, like, obviously, if, like I said, I, I'm not. Like, I don't know a ton about, like, Logan Paul and KSI, but I'm going to assume that a lot of the people who, who watched this and who were invested, like, these were all young people. And, like, if you look at, like, the platform, like, this was on Twitch. It was on YouTube. Like, <laughs> and you, well, I mean, like, it was, yeah, on YouTube Dude, and Twitch. So, they, they uh, the, the Paul brothers shot a video for um how, how, how to watch the fight, and it, it, in it, they referenced going to their like going to your parents and asking them for like to, to like to buy it for you like these, these are all kids like th- these ki- these people's audience are all like 16 years old right in some cases like 12 12 right this is stuff like my little brother well i should ask them if they like i, I didn't <laughs> know who watch. ksi was before his, his first fight because right. I, I see like I, I, mma twitter like tweeting out oh my god this fucking youtuber has like two million people watching his fight i'm like what and then i look him up he has 20 million viewers subscribers i just think it says something and i I only want to talk about because i saw so many people who were angry about this on twitter like a lot of like fight fans like oh this is a disgrace to combat sports and i'm like it's it's not (laughs) i'm being complete like y'all not know what sport you signed up to watch Right, and and it's like I can't even be mad because like the uh, obviously it has the freak show factor of it, which all right, whatever. But can you even really criticize that? We we see freak fights in the UFC, we see them in Bellator. We can't act. I mean, maybe not to this, you know, not bringing in YouTubers, but like you get at least they fight each other. Try to play a pro athlete. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it's like I can't even be mad because the way this all like was set up was actually done like uh, this was tasteful my only like, complaint is the wbc made a fucking title for them and it went to twitter and like no it's an amateur title i'm like dude no no yeah you can't do that. it's worse than when you made the single de mayo belt like, what the fuck yeah, give them like a just let them do their thing 
Yeah. Or give me like a YouTube belt. I don't know. <laughs> Something that doesn't oh really hold YouTube, any weight. YouTube boxing series. <laughs> there you go. But it's just like, I, I think I, I was kind of interested in this. Not, not even in the fight aspect, but just like everything that's surrounded in terms of like the media, the coverage of it, the way it was hyped. Like somehow these, this crazy young audience found a way to just like, capitalize on because we, we talk about a lot in not just UFC and combat sports in general just in terms of like promotion and people not being known and all that good stuff so it's like how did this crowd find <laughs> they, how did they get this many people they had a built-in crowd i, I think They're i just like, yeah i just i just think there's something worth exploring. if if yeah, if you look underneath all of the shenanigans there's something worth looking into here of how this got pulled off because this was a success, regardless of how you might feel about who fought and this being a spectacle. Like, this was a success. So I, I just, I think there's something worth looking into of how they managed to brand themselves and, you know, I mean, obviously they had followings beforehand, which is definitely a big reason why this was a success. But, like, I just think there's something there worth looking into and to try, ca- uh, try, try to capitalize on. Right. Try to figure out how they managed to get this together. Maybe get some promotional ideas. Maybe start reaching out to different platforms. Because like I said, when you think of, of watching fights, I don't think YouTube... Well, uh, some promotions are on YouTube, but... You know, like... The, the entire Twitch community came out <laughs> to watch this. There are other markets, I think, out there to be tapped into that maybe, you know... Like it, it, I'm just happy. Like, it just shows people will watch a fight. Like, like, yeah. uh, 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 like uh, one of the, I guess you can call it like subcontext narratives that we've seen about like the decline in like pay per view buys is that people like just don't care about fighting anymore. And it's just like that's bullshit. Like it doesn't matter how advanced or how much our society changes. Like people just like fighting. Like they can tell you differently, like, it, it, but they'll watch. They, they, like yes, like I'm like uh, like I I I disagree with Dana White on a lot of things, a lot of lot of things. But when he says, if if there's a football game on one corner, and a fight on the other, which one are you going to go watch? Like, I I agree. People are going to go watch the fight. Yeah. You're you're watching the world star. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just really wild how this. There's they just think there's something there to to be to be looked at. Like they they pulled this off. It was a success. I'm not sure what the fight purses look like. I'm not sure how much they like individually made millions from, from this. Do, but boy. all the promo stuff, all the you know. All that good stuff they probably made. They made out like bandits. I, I think it just proves that you just need. And I'll throw this out there. I'm not saying that because there's always somebody who's gonna take it too far and twist up words. I'm not saying that every professional fight promotion needs to have some freak fight or some random just Joe Schmo YouTuber. I'm just saying like if you can get enough people to care <laughs> about something. If you can tug at some emotional cord or just some kind of interest, you can get people to tune in. It also probably helped a lot that this was only $10, which, like, 
was ten dollars. Right. Like it's it's not like a pay per view. Like I'm pretty sure this would not have been as successful if this was like a sixty dollar. I'm kind of you know, curious what the UFC uh, would um, if they just went all online and just was like, because like I said, this makes this made more than freaking most UFC cards did do. Right. Like, what if they were to just go to Twitch or go to YouTube and be like, we want to run a $10 pay-per-view? And that was another thing I've been thinking of. Because I remember this was a... I'm going on a whole side tangent, but I like where the conversation is going. Because I, I think it's it's worth talking about. Like, I remember back in... Remember back when, like, the UFC was on, like, Fuel? <laughs> and it just seemed like... Like, you would have... Part of the fights on Fuel, part of the fights on Fox, like, everything was just so spread out. It was really weird, like, to just, you, you think for a casual fan, like, the casual person's attention span, they want to stay in one location <laughs> to watch something. Could you imagine if you were watching, like, the NBA and the first quarter <laughs> was on ABC, the second half's on TNT, like, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. So... I feel like the UFC going online would be, or even fight promotions in general, find a central hub where you can just pull people into. Like, the, the, and like the one thing I think we're kind of like, these aren't like just like guys. Like Logan Paul and Jake Paul and KSI. Oh no! Yeah, they have they have they have like followers. legit baked in followings that are bigger than the MMA audience. Like, yeah. do, do, do not, I'm not saying like, oh my god, the UFC should uh, go like put Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov on YouTube and sell for ten bucks. They'll, they'll they'll make more on paper like on TV pay per view and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. My my like my my thinking is like, the UFC's audience is aging, like. Their TV audience, anyway, it's the same age as boxing, and we just saw a bunch of boxing fans like throw a fit because they couldn't figure out how to get like ESPN Plus to play on their TVs, so they could watch Manny Pacquiao hobble his way to the ring. So, like, it's just it's if we want the sport to 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 grow, or not grow, but like to to be relevant. 10 years from now when like all the I guess baby boomer age people who populate the sport are like old and decrepit like you're gonna have to get a bunch of the like the the kids who are now like Jake Paul and like Kasai and Logan Paul fans to tune in like if, if some boxing promoter is smart like 15 years from now there, some kids will be like uh, some boxing head will be like Logan Paul versus Kasai was what got me into boxing. <laughs> but hey, you, you got to get the crowd in how you get them. Don't don't matter how you get them in there, just, just bring right. them in. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think it's like I said, underneath all of the craziness and so, so what you're what we're really all, saying is KSI. CM Punk, UFC 230. I think, like, to be honest, after watching this fight, <laughs> I, think that, <laughs> I think CM Punk versus either of these two would, would be, a like, a decent match. Not, not, not like, quality-wise, but, like, in terms of them being on the same level. 
Like, <laughs> I feel like they're not that I far I mean, the off. only advantage they have is they probably have, like, 20 years on CM Punk. Because CM Punk's, like, a 40-year-old man. No, that is true. I mean, Logan Paul's jab isn't half bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a decent jab. And CM, and CM Punk has a decent hammer fist off his back. Right. <laughs> it all evens out. It all evens out. But, yeah, I just wanted to, to throw that out there. Like, just... Look, look, look past the 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 wildness of it all, and just I I think it's like I said I'm pretty sure plenty of people will disagree, and you you could blame it on just them having these massive followings, but I just think there's something to be said about how this was all put together. Well, even th- even, even then, like that should be a, a sign if you're a promoter or you're a fighter. If you're a fighter, because there's no promoter out there who's promoting anybody. Let's be real. Um, you it's on you to make people care about you because when people care about you they turn out for things like this and let's be real there was like all the promotion for this fight was done on their youtube channels like they're pro they probably did some promoting locally to sell tickets but like if on the real like th- this was probably all like th- there was probably like zero spent on promotion on their side or at the very least it wasn't a lot yeah. So, you know, find your, find an audience that you can build. That's the moral of the story. Yep. You find an audience and you get them invested. You capitalize on it. They they will come out and support you. Yeah, you too can be on a stream for ten dollars and get eight hundred thousand buys and <laughs> have have Michael Buffer announce one of your fights. Michael Buffer probably made um, so much money. <laughs> It's funny because the the fight, I think the fight ended in a majority draw. And uh, I wish I could give credit, but somebody on Twitter posted like there are only two people in that entire crowd who knew what a majority draw was, and one of them was Michael Buffer. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the best take I saw in this fight. I can't remember who posted that on Twitter, but that that gave me a good laugh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, uh, that's pretty much all for the show, so um, <laughs> we'll get into parting shots and shout-outs before we get out of here. Um, um, I will give a shout-out uh, for a documentary that I have not watched because I don't have ESPN anymore because I switched my Sling TV package. Now I have the Fox Sports channels because it makes it easier to watch MMA, but now I can't watch ESPN. But that's neither here nor there. You guys don't need to know my, my struggle. But um, ESPN uh, has a 30 for 30 documentary, and actually at the time of this recording, it's actually out already. Um, I think it came out on the 23rd. Um, The documentary uh, is entitled Crossroads, and it uh, follows, I want to say these uh, kids are from uh, North Carolina, and it just kind of follows a group of African-American kids who, I I guess, kind of use lacrosse. kind of is like their way out which is uh i, I just thought it was really interesting because l- lacrosse is just one of those sports that's kind of like Wait, people took it it's like a yeah, yeah it's it's, way. like i didn't know lacrosse was a sport until i got to high school and i went to um a catholic school like for uh, like for those who know bergen county is incredibly diverse but like all the rich white people kind of send all their kids to ca- private schools so, like, I didn't know lacrosse was a sport until I was in high school. Yeah, it's it's a very niche 
regional thing too almost so i just thought it was cool that lacrosse was getting coverage and uh, i guess for me because i've actually like i'm not like super knowledgeable about lacrosse but i actually knew a lot of kids who played lacrosse when i was younger um so i just thought it was and that's not a sport that you hear about really people using is I mean, I'm not going to say this with Miltic. Like, I don't think any of these kids got, like, super rich off of playing. But it just kind of, like, follows their journey and how lacrosse, I, I guess, was kind of like a catalyst for them. To, go to college. Yeah, to, like, go to college, make make a better life, you know, that that whole story. So I just wanted to give that a shout-out. One for, uh, for me, I'm, I'm a lacrosse fan, so I just thought it was dope that the, the sport is getting some kind of publicity. But I think the story as well is, is, is really interesting uh, just in terms of, african-americans being involved in lacrosse because i think um i'd researched a i want to say the syracuse team I, I could be completely wrong about this but it's like a mostly like black lineup which is just really interesting because you don't hear about a lot of african-american kids playing lacrosse I, I knew a few coming up but i know everybody's story isn't similar to mine so for me it wasn't unfamiliar but for a lot of people who just don't follow lacrosse or even know what lacrosse is um, I, I think it would be really interesting to watch. So I, I wanted to give that a shout out. I definitely want to hopefully find a way to watch it. I don't have ESPN anymore, but <laughs> I'll, I'll figure out a way around it. But um, wanted to give that a shout out. So uh, check that out. And Thirty for Thirty documentaries are always good anyway. Um, parting shots. Uh, what, what is the, the gentleman's name? Um, whoever's in charge of tennis. <laughs> the <laughs> French Open. Just the French Open. open I think. Yeah. Whoever's in charge of the French Open. Uh, I have the article pulled up, but I can't find the guy's name. Uh, French Tennis Federation president. His name is Bernard Guidicelli. Uh, so they're, they're, they're trying to crack down on the dress code, which who cares about dress codes? But they're, uh, they're basically not trying to let Serena wear her, her cat suit to the French Open. Um, saying stuff like it, it's going too far, it, you know, disrespects the game i like to point out that like most of the women who play tennis play in like short skirts like short short skirts that aren't even like thigh high right so like i don't get what the problem is with like it's medical right and that was the other thing i was going to bring up like for people who are unaware the cat suit i mean while it's you know fashionable different to look at it's not just an outfit. Like, she literally wears this to keep... uh has something to do with, like, her blood circulation to keep blood clots from flowing because after she got pregnant, she, um... Did she, I think she caught a blood clot? She, she like, she got into or, this argument with, like, her doctors and they almost, ki- they almost killed her because she said she felt like something was coming on. And I think it was a blood clot. It was something along those lines. Um, but... Like, uh, like this was a real problem that almost killed her while she was pregnant. Yeah. So the outfit is literally to help, like, keep the circulation going so blood clots don't form. So it's not just a fashion statement. Like, there's literally a reason she's wearing this. And, like, if you read in the reasons that they're trying to take it away, like, it's it's stupid. Like, none of this makes sense. The, the, the out, it's not like the outfit has any bearing on how the match goes or anything. Like, it's it's stupid. It's all just, just stop. Um, but sh- shout outs to Nike for, for sticking by her. They put out a, a picture of her in the suit, and the caption was, you can take the superhero out of her costume, but you can never take away her superpowers. She's just going to come back to the French Open in a different outfit and give all you guys the blues anyway. Like, so. real quick, like, 
when the 30 for 30 or whatever the hell it's going to be called by the time she's done comes out on like just how like all these tennis organizations I just been fucking with Serena her, her entire career it's going to be crazy like like yeah. for those who don't like follow tennis and I'm not I'm not one of those people who follow tennis I think you follow tennis way more than I do um just like it, this has been like a constant thing throughout her career. Like, yeah, like if it's if it's not what she's wearing, like she's been nitpicked for like certain things she said. Like there are certain interviews where you can tell they're like people are trying to test her. And I mean, props to her; she's never lost composure ever. Like she's always keeping up. even with this, she's keeping it classy. Like she hasn't said anything crazy. She's been graceful and with all of the just nonsense they've thrown at her throughout the years because this isn't the first time they've just like done something really petty <laughs> like towards her that's just out of control and it was also nice to see like other players come to her defense uh andy roddick uh i think he came out in support of her billy jean king uh came out like a lot of people came out in support of her because um, they all know like this is just like it's just nonsense like none of this makes sense you're making your own sport look bad. Like it, it makes you guys look like the old guys club, where it's just like they know, are the old guys club. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> it's it's and now they go into another tangent. It's kind of the same reason why like people don't really like the NFL like that much anymore. Well, I, I can't say that because the ratings are still, I believe, pretty good. But like it's it was this it's kind of the same thing about the NFL. Where it's like it's like the old man's club. It's like you guys aren't you're so stuck in like the forties. And like it's <laughs> the world is just passing you by, and y'all are just stuck on this high horse that I just I don't even know where this comes from. It's yeah, but yeah. So shot at the French Open for just trying to police her outfit on some nonsense that doesn't make sense. You guys are just stop it, just 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 stop it. But I hope she comes to the Open and just blows everybody out the water in another outfit. And, yeah, so I just, I just wanted to throw that out there. So, shots to anybody who's trying to police Serena's outfit, just with no leg to stand on. Like, there's there's literally no justification for it. But uh, so th- those are my part in shots and shout outs. Um. All right. First off, rest in peace, Lucy Brown, uh, Australian boxer who during a sparring session just took one bad uh, a bad hit. Um, lost consciousness and then later lost her life. Um, I think on the way to or at the hospital. Um, you know, she was a cancer survivor who used boxing to stay healthy. Uh, she was a uh, she competed. Uh, I think yeah, she won a silver medal at the Australian uh, Golden Gloves. Um, it, it's just terrible. This is reminder like even just a sparring session you don't need to be in a fight just a sparring session just like one bad it's just one bad punch and you're in you know you could lose a lot so so rest in peace lucy brown thoughts and prayers with her family um shouts to uh curtis harper so uh, yeah Boxing seems to go viral every few months for like just weird shit. <laughs> like Rod Salka getting knocked out fighting a Mexican dude while wearing 
uh, a border wall <laughs> shorts. <laughs> it was like the last time, and then this time we had this and the um, the, the Paul KSI fight. Um, but so Curtis Harper was tapped to fight um, Nigerian uh, heavyweight Fa uh, Ajagba. Um, who's like an Olympian who so I actually posted about this week. I was like, I was really excited to see him fight. But apparently he got the contract like last minute, like day of weigh-ins. Like was really, the, the PBC team really pressured him into signing it. And then when he wanted to see the contract before the fight, they wouldn't show it to him. I guess they didn't give him a copy either. So he was worried that he wasn't going to get paid with, you know, so I guess like uh, beforehand they were it was just like a bunch of verbal like verbiage about like oh come and fight so and so we'll give you like ten thousand dollars or whatever and they just uh, like ha- the day of the fight they were just like the the day before like they they held on the contract until like last minute forced him to sign it and then didn't let him see him afterwards let, let him see it afterwards so he was like you know fuck it I'm a uh, I'm gonna show up and then I'm gonna just leave. And that's what he did. He showed up, the bell rang, and then he stepped out the ki- uh, the ring, and then just walked up the ramp and went home. <laughs> <laughs> Not a single Not punch a on the statue. Single punch. <laughs> I'm with it. If they're trying to, if they're yeah, trying see, to bully you, just fuck with them. Yeah. Now, now that you explained it that way, because I didn't know the, in- I knew it was about money, but I didn't know like that was the backstory. Um, Apparently. Yeah, that's, that's the, the rumor that's was it was a seventy-five percent purse cut. Jesus Christ! Yeah, you, yeah, I can't even be mad at that. Yeah, now, hearing the backstory now, because uh, before I was like, "Well, you might have screwed yourself out of some future endeavors," but here, hearing that side of yeah, yeah that's, you probably yeah. did. Let's you, be real, like, it, but like I, I give a ton of shit to the PBC because they are just one giant fucking Ponzi scheme. But, you know, like, this is, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of promoters who do this. Like, you, okay. you have your golden boy, you, know, like you tap the person you want to fight, like, two weeks ahead of time. So that they, they have to stop doing their cab driver, for, like, stick for a little bit. Because, uh, like, yeah, it, it's just a shame. But props to Har- Harper just knowing what he's worth. Hey man, stick it to the man. I'm always people sticking it to the man. So yeah, it was a funny video to watch though. Like it was like he left, like he forgot the oven was on at the crib, and he just said, uh, "Yeah, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here." <laughs> oh man. So I wonder though, like, does the other fighter get paid? I mean, that's their boy. He better get paid. Like, uh, uh wait, is he? No, 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 no. I don't think he is. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about him and like the other trainers because I feel like that's a lot of people who who lost out. I, I'm sure they pay. I, I'm sure they got paid because they showed up and the bell rang. You know what I mean? Yeah, fans probably weren't too happy, but yeah. it's a hard, hard knock. I mean, they, it, like I, I don't <laughs> expect anybody to be happy in the moment because, it, like, you, you're paid to see a fight. Yeah, you got. But like I like I get it. Yeah, if you read about it, yeah, like, yeah, that that's one of those things you read about. It's like, yeah, I could be mad that I didn't see a fight, but 
If I was in his shoes, I get it. I, I get it. You know. But um, yeah, man, that was a uh, it for today's show. So um, I will just re-emphasize, man. Send in questions. Tag me in any post on any social media you see me on. DM me. Shoot emails. Ma- mail whatever it to you his do. house. Right. Send it. <laughs> I do have a PO. I do have a PO box now. <laughs> I don't even remember what my P.O. box number is. Send it to <laughs> all the ones in all the Maryland uh, box, um, post office. Right. There you go. Just, just, just send them. I'll find a way to get um, it. Uh, carry a pigeon is, is also exactly. Um, whatever, whatever you got. Can't wait till you get Mike Tyson's so. question. <laughs> so, <laughs> so send in questions, man. Uh, why do I like that show? Because <laughs> it's so weird. Oh man, I haven't watched it in a while, but I watched like one day I sat down, I watched like four episodes. Like I don't know why I like this, but it's this show is hilarious. I'm on this. Oh, I'm but, sorry, uh, I'm on this fight thread real quick for the uh, the the KSI Logan Paul thing on uh, the Reddit boxing. It has over. It's like mm-hmm. eleven thousand comments. This is mm-hmm. more than I've seen for like Canelo Glovkin. I don't know. People were. People were really invested in this. <laughs> the, the fan, the fan show it out. The top comment was: "22-year-old male just paid seven, uh, seven dollars, uh, seven fifty pound for four hours of meme boxing on Saturday night, living the dream." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah, man. You, you guys, man. Please send in questions. Like I said, I'm, I will be tagging people in posts because I want some questions. And well, I want a lot of them. We're gonna have a nice, fun show. We just mail back questions. Like I said, don't doesn't necessarily have to be combat sports related. It can be whatever. We just want to celebrate a hundred episodes. My my original goal was just to try to make it to like twenty. And here here we are. Some all these episodes later, still hanging around. Not um, numbers are, are looking better. Um, it's 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 been it's been a fun ride. So. Um, hundred episodes, man. I want want to celebrate with you guys. So send in all the questions you can think of, and we will answer them uh, on our hundredth episode. So, uh, as last for the plugs, hit us up Facebook Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. Listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Please leave that rating and leave a review. I would definitely appreciate it. Um, send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. You can find me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. To the Tumblr crowd, you guys can hit us up too with the questions. Um, appreciate you guys for all the reposts and stuff too. You guys always always hold us down, so appreciate that. Um, yeah, man. Just get at us any way you can. Put in questions. Let's all bring in this, this 100th episode in. with a, It'll be a good time. It'll be a nice, nice, fun time. But that's all we got for this week. Thank you guys for joining us. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And we will catch you guys for episode 100. Peace.